0: Welcome to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. And we're back, man. Episode 259. Yup. About to hit mm-hmm. another milestone soon with 260. 260. 260 for that ass, for the 99 plus four pennies. <laughs> for Add the 99 in the
1: 2000.
0: <laughs> back in the day, like rappers would say shit like that. Like, yeah. for some reason, they had to tell you the year of the song. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, 1990
1: motherfucking three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was something about the night... The- People thought the nineties was lit. Like the nineties yeah. was cool. Obviously but, I was born oh, in yeah. the nineties. But I think that uh the pe when you were an adult in the nineties, you just thought like, yo, we in the nineties. Like mm-hmm. we gotta say it in every song, you know what I mean? We gotta make, you know, party like it's nineteen ninety nine. We gotta make songs about it.
0: So, but Prince came up with that song in the eighties.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. kinda like a futuristic he, kinda.
0: I think he ended up getting paid a lot of money for making that song mm-hmm. when it turned ninety 90- they used that song all over the like everywhere like in 1999, and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he ended up getting like a bunch of money from that. I, yeah. I remember that it made made headlines.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be crazy when it's the year three thousand and five, and then they're gonna play Charge Gambino.
0: You know, I I won't I won't continue with this because it'll be off you know off brand or not off brand but off topic. But like I don't think Prince could survive in this era. What do you be- mean? Because Prince was one of those very like artistic like guys. Like one of those oddball Steve Lacey type dudes. Yeah. And he was walking around like with the ass cheeks cut off in his pants. And Mm -hmm. they was like, oh, that's just Prince. Nowadays, they'd be like, that motherfucker's gay. Yeah, he'd get crucified. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They would not let Prince be in today's world. Jason
1: Levy on his head. You said what? So Jason Lee would be on his head. Oh,
0: Jason would like, Yeah, he has a really nice booty. You yeah. Know?
1: There's just rumors going around <laughs> that he's just like <laughs> yeah.
0: Jason Lee would be like, yeah, Hollywood unlocked. <laughs> Hollywood uncocked. I mean Hollywood. unlocked. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, man. All right. Let's get right into it. Chris Rock. Chris Rock just came out with a special on Netflix called Selective Outrage. Mm-hmm. And I think it was genius. It was more genius than it was funny. Mm-hmm. And that's not to take away from it. This is just my opinion. It's not to take away from it at all. I think that sometimes comedians do such a masterful job in how they deliver jokes and the way they 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 make they trigger thought mm-hmm. that it just it's just genius. Mm-hmm. Um I'll just I'll be all over the place with this, but do you
1: do you mm-hmm. think before you go in, do you think that there's something to watching a special versus being there in person, or
0: I don't know. I believe I think there is. Mm-hmm. I think that when you're in the moment, I think it's probably harder to process it mm. because you you're 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 probably looking for the wrong thing. Mm. I think behind a TV screen, you're a little more. You're probably a little less. It's like almost going to a live concert versus seeing that concert on TV. On TV.
1: Yeah, I, I guess what I'm asking is it like is it do you think if, you know, being in that in that space if you were there at I think it was in like Maryland or something like that, mm-hmm. if you were there live, would it have been a little bit funnier versus watching it on your couch?
0: Possibly, but mm-hmm. because I think the the, the, the stimulus mm-hmm. around you will create that yeah. that energy where yeah. you just got a chain of people laughing. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's almost like it's you ever seen when people do the wave at football games? Yeah. Like everybody's doing a wave on one side and the wave starting to come towards you. Yeah. And it's getting closer and it's getting closer. And you're like, oh, yeah. And everybody's laughing. And it's not because you can't think for yourself, but it's like this this chain of energy going around the stadium. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of the same way with comedy. But mm-hmm. me and you, we went to Andrew Schultz, um thing. He was fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. But I noticed times where you, you would laugh and times where you weren't laughing but you were still entertained mm-hmm. because he just delivered the jokes mm-hmm. in such a masterful way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, but I'll say this. Uh, in regards to Chris Rock's special, um, there was some things that he did. I feel like he weaponized people's beliefs against them yeah. and, and not, not in, in a very thought-provoking way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go right into it. Like, there was a... There was a, uh, he was talking about abortion or abortion rights. Mm-hmm. And he's like, people are pro-life, are pro-choice. People pro-life, people pro-choice. He's said, like, when I look at my daughters, I'm pro-life. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beauty, my two beautiful daughters. But when they, you know, but as grown women, they grow up, I feel like they deserve the right to do what they want to do with their bodies. And everybody start clapping. Mm-hmm. He said, they deserve the right to kill babies,
1: right? (laughs) Just like that statement was so powerful because he's literally, because they try to make it, they try to like clean it up a little bit. Make it palatable. Yeah, it's pro-choice, but it's no, it's like killing babies. That's like what we're literally doing.
0: Yeah, he also talked about like he said, he decided, and I think think, uh, Bill Burr did a more genius job when he talked about abortion. Mm -hmm. But um, basically he said, when the, you're at this certain trimester, then it's not a baby yet. You're at this certain trimester, it's not a baby yet. Mm-hmm. He's like, hell, you should be able to kill babies all the way up to four years old. Mm-hmm. He's like, you got a bad report card? We go into the clinic. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and it made people feel real bad. But here's the problem. We're trying to clean things up. Mm-hmm. We don't want to call people baby killers, but they are killing it, in, like. Unfortunately, there's children, unborn people, children that are dying. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. And mm-hmm. you don't have to be pro-life or pro-choice to understand that. That's just mm-hmm. literally a, like a fundamental, I guess, a reality of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Burr made a joke about abortion, and his was this. Mm-hmm. He's like, if I'm baking a cake, right, and I got a cake in the oven, and all of a sudden I got about 15 minutes left, and then my buddy comes in there and he fucking smashes my cake and it's busted open. And he is like, hey, man, you kill, you. You messed up my fucking cake. He said, well, it wasn't a cake yet. Mm-hmm. He's like, it would have been if you didn't fucking kill it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I thought that that was hilarious because it's like when you put a cake in the oven, it is a cake. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. And, and the cake is still rising. It hasn't fully risen yet. Mm-hmm. But if you come in there and destroy the cake, it's still a cake. Mm-hmm. I thought that was probably the mm-hmm. best it, it thing there, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, I I don't feel comfortable as talking about abortions, but yeah, I I, th- mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that he did a great job, basically using people's logic against themselves. Yeah, we love to make it sound palatable about when we choose to, you know, uh, what they call it, uh, e- execute a fetus, mm-hmm. right? Um, but. He basically saying, "Yes, I, I agree. You should execute a fetus. Hell, do it all the way to four years old." Mm-hmm. He's using your logic, yeah. Because it's like, why do we get to determine when, when a, a baby is alive, when a baby is alive, and when a baby is not? Mm-hmm. And people that are very, um, I guess, pro-choice, they'll be fighting against you, like, "Well, you're not a woman, and you're not." And it's like, "Oh, oh, slow down, slow down." I'm, I'm, I'm actually a fundamental part of this process because my sperm is involved.
1: He also did say I thought he was going a different direction with that joke. I thought he was gonna go more along the lines of like, you know, men should have some some state like that's been my like one of my takes is like men should have some say so and like, you know, their child being born and We not. don't have any we don't have any rights yeah. with that. Yeah, I, he, but he didn't say that, but uh but he did um dang, I forgot what I was gonna say. That's that thirty
0: one years old. Jesus Christ. Say, yeah it yeah. was Keith's birthday the other day. Yeah and now his like brain's already fucking up. Yeah. So yeah. You need to update you. You got to update your update my update my firmware. Yeah, you need some iOS update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's crazy too is is it, here. It's just little. It's just a bunch of um, uh, hypocrisy too. Because mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, you'll also you'll see. Um, well, um, they're talking about all these abortions, and why don't men just go and get uh, vasectomies? They mm-hmm. men need to go and go and get vasectomies. So now you've made it okay to tell men what to do with their bodies but not women but not women this is hypocritical Mm -hmm. there's just a bunch of people pointing fingers at each other and when you use their own logic against them then it's like yeah no no that's not the same
1: thing no it i think i think i want to watch that i don't i don't know if i would make time for it but i i kind of want to watch it again because it was a lot of like you were saying, it was a lot of stuff that was, like, not necessarily funny, but, like, great argument, like, great debate points. Right, right. Um, because, one, w- he was saying, like, you know, the reason why I'm so um, informed on this topic is because I've had many abortions. Like yeah. i paid for many abortions. Yeah, And yeah. one of the things he said off the back of that was, like, um, basically, if something—I don't I remember the joke verbatim, but it was, like, if— the dude that you with is not paying for the abortion you need to get abortion (laughs) that
0: was a great fucking point
1: yeah yeah if
0: the dude does not if a man is not paying for your abortion you need an abortion yeah and that was a poverty joke because it's like he said you need to stop letting these losers come inside you yeah getting broke dick great point what Mm -hmm. we talked about abortion on here one of the main reasons why abortions happen Uh, One of the drivers was actually finances. Mm -hmm. And I said that I agreed with that. It doesn't mean I'm, you know, uh, pro-killing babies, but I understand at the Mm -hmm. same time that if you choose to not have a child, that's a logical reason. And and people would disagree. Like, oh, well, it's just finances. You're just a baby killer. Bro, I grew up in poverty. Mm -hmm. So I could tell you firsthand um, it's not nice, and it's not the best uh, situation for the child to do that. Mm -hmm. So if you feel like that's the case and you don't want to bring a child up in complete fucking mayhem. Mm-hmm. There's some people that keep having kids and ain't got no goddamn money. Mm-hmm. And now a kid you brought a you was already struggling, now you bring a kid and a, they've inherited your struggle. Yeah. And now they've in, they've not only that, they've inherited your struggle and now they as an adult, they have to go out into the world with no financial literacy, with no idea of how to balance a checkbook, with no information because Chances are if you're struggling and you stay struggling and you work a nine to five and don't make any money, you're only handing down poverty and lack of financial literacy to your child. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you have an abortion due to financial problems, I can't scold a woman and, and yeah. say, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, for some people, it's a great choice. And, and the crazy part about it is like we. A lot of times, like, I don't know, Kanye West was running around with this narrative, like, you know, white people are trying to make us get abortions. The black people is in jeopardy and, you know, our numbers are dwindling, all these things. But I know people that have children that have had abortions.
0: You know what I mean? Like
1: Mm -hmm. healthy children. And it was just the timing of it, like, yo, I just, you know, we're in a transition in our lives or we're moving or whatever the case may be. Um, I just can't handle another child right now. Are they too close together, mm-hmm. and then they just wait a little bit and, ha- and have it? So, Get you them know, up for I, adoption, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, for me, I, I try not to. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have like huge opinions on the whole, the whole situation. Um, just because, you know, at least for me, I want to bring a child in the world in the, in the most healthy way possible. You know, and just try to be mindful of, you know. Just being careful with like not having no accidental babies because I think that's generally why people get abortions when it's an accident. But actually, shit ain't um, never an accident, uh, yeah. You, you mean you're doing something intentional, but I guess yeah. not accident, and, <laughs> but more so
0: planned and not planned. Um, <laughs> no, that yeah. should be like keep going, keep going, yeah. Yeah. We ain't got no condoms. It's okay. Just keep going. <laughs> I
1: remember you said what condom? I was rolling. Oh, what condom? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, the Vibranium. Yeah. Um, but no, it, yeah, just overall like um like you were saying, I think Chris Rock, he uh he just had like well-crafted arguments that he turned into jokes. 100%. And he, he just found a way to like use like the um the the hypocrisy of of our culture the hypocrisy of the internet and all these different things right um, to 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 uh to kind of win arguments in a sense mm-hmm. and um you know the whole thing was just set up beautifully i don't want to move too fast through it but if you watch it you know with the the whole um um what is the name of it a uh, selective outrage, selective outrage. If you if you think about the name of it and the way he set up all of the material leading up into obviously like he's doing the special. He probably was he was already on the road and working out material. But it all led up to the conversation mm-hmm. around Will Smith and the slap. And, mm-hmm. you know, just navigating that like and just understanding like, oh, this is this is what the uh this is what the republicans are doing this mm-hmm. is what the democrats are doing this is what people on the internet are doing this mm-hmm. is what you know all these things and even the the i probably i think the section that was probably um <laughs> probably one of the funniest sections was when he started to talk about the kardashians
0: yeah and how uh
1: the kardashians is accepting of <laughs> of everything whether yeah. black you know transgender all these different things um but yeah, oh, there's just a lot of good stuff in there, and
0: and he literally had I won't say like a cliffhanger, but he kind of had like a joke where about Robert Kardashian, yeah, and he said, you know what, for freeing OJ Simpson, I'm going to do this to you, Robert Kardashian. oh about er- God, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it, the way he was saying it, it, <clears throat> it pe- you you were thinking the worst, like he's like I'm basically going to kick because Robert Kardashian died, yeah. He's like, uh, but he said, you know what, Robert Kardashian, for letting out OJ. Mm-hmm. Your daughters are going to fuck niggas for the rest of their life. <laughs> Weird niggas. That's bipolar
1: like, rappers, crackhead athletes. <laughs> yeah, that shit
0: was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he mm-hmm. talked about Draymond Green. He said yeah. Draymond Green is is sneak up on your back.
1: Like, <laughs> oh shit. Dude, I was dying. Yeah, I just, <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, that shit was yeah. hilarious, man. Because he's talking about Meghan Markle. Yeah, Meghan was Markle about, was like, like just oh the, my God. He was saying, like, it's not, he was basically saying, like, you know, it was like Meghan Markle was playing the victim and she was like so concerned about, like, I guess the royal family was so concerned about the color of their child and how dark the child is going to be. And he's like, uh uh uh. He's like, that ain't racist because niggas do the same yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. And then that's when he talked to, because he was like, they can either be Steph Curry. Black or they can be Draymond Green, black, and then that's when he was saying like, you know, Draymond Green to sneak up on you, black. That's
0: hilarious. <laughs> I think one of the best, uh, one of the best points he made. He says the opioid epidemic. You know what the real epidemic is? Attention. Mm-hmm. And it is like the new crack epidemic is attention. Yeah. It, it, the lengths that people will go for attention is wild, and mm-hmm. you see people in your own family that will do things online, mm-hmm. and you're like, that's not who you really are. That's kind of disingenuous. Mm-hmm. And it's just the truth, mm-hmm. and it, and it's really fucked up. Like um, just yesterday, I seen that uh, the point guard for the uh, Las Vegas Aces, Kelsey Plum, and um, the tight end for the Raiders, uh, Darren Waller, they got married. They posted the pictures of them at the wedding and stuff. Yeah, and everybody was like, "What?" I barely even knew. They didn't even know they were together. What's mm-hmm. why didn't they say anything or this and that? And it's like. People on the internet have normalized telling all of your business. Mm -hmm. We don't hold anything for ourselves because we want attention. We want everything to be a big fucking production. We want to show people how in love we are. You know how many people that I've seen every other day post how in love they were and they got a divorce? Yeah, It's like you're spending too much time convincing people on the internet of what your life is like when you should be living it. Back in the '90s, if we if you were out with your lady and they just sing you out with her, that's how they found out you was with her. Mm-hmm. That's normal, mm-hmm. right? But I think when when you overly you oversaturate your plat your your timeline with things, little cute things with you and your girlfriend or boyfriend, it's just it's not even about receiving negative attention. It's about receiving attention. Yeah, this is this is not organic attention. This I think is, I, is, I think
1: one thing too that I, I mean like. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm gonna say men are more like a little less sensitive, but just some of the stuff that we've, uh, like we've received on the internet in terms, like I, I've had oh, a situation God. where like I had a, like a, on my laptop, I had a, um, like a cover for the keyboard and I post a beat, you know, like on TikTok, like, yo, what's up? I just made this beat, blah, blah, blah. And then I turn the camera around, I'm pointing it at my, my laptop and um, the, Somebody was like, Oh bro, like what's up with that keyboard? It's disgusting. So you just realize like th- you as like I'm generally okay. Like we have we have weird comments though. Right. Like, you know, people making fun of my keyboard or people saying me and Eddie don't have like hair on our arms and stuff like, like that. <laughs> like, nigga, this is 1080p. Right. right. It's <laughs> like, is you're weird. not seeing the details and, and everything of of our of our and the camera is probably like six feet away from us. Right. Like it's not but um, but that I just say that to say like sometimes like um, in a relationship like this that's just a lot of attention. Yeah, you know I and mean? even my you know my my guy DJ I know he him and his wife they have a podcast together and sometimes they you know they experience um, some of that stuff and they're still growing and mm-hmm. they've had you know comments here and there about her and you know he's a comedian and he's had he's been more in the public eye so you know he can handle it you know and he can respond in a certain way but sometimes it's like. You know, it's it's rough. It's rough out there.
0: Yeah, I think it's weird, man. And and the thing about it is putting anything online, you put yourself out there to a bunch of people who create nothing and they just literally have not even genuine opinions. They're only the only thing they're trying to do is trigger you or get a reaction out of you. Mm-hmm. And we posted something uh on Facebook, a clip, and somebody was like, "Yo, I think it's weird how to, how they do, got hair on their arms." Almost like making it
1: like a feminine thing. Yeah. Like y'all it, don't got, well, y'all, what's up with men nowadays? Like, they don't got hair on their arms.
0: Now. And then it, it, it backfired on them. because mm-hmm. they're like, why are you worried about their hair on their arms? Like, what are you talking about? But some people agree with them. Some people was like, yeah, that is weird, bro. Like, why? That's weird. But bro. this is what they do whenever somebody has any, and you got to understand that that went mini viral on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Anytime something does numbers, they want to say, hey, you guys have a pro like something's wrong with these two. Let me find a way to break them down. Let me say that Jay-Z's Illuminati. Let mm-hmm. me say that Beyonce's a devil worshipper. Mm-hmm. Let me anybody successful, let me say they sold their soul to the devil. Yeah. yeah. Don Tolliver's new album is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I-, I was telling you about it. Mm-hmm. And it's super dope. And he had this little video, and it was like, "Oh man, I seen the comments. Man, I can't believe Don Tolliver done sold his soul, bro." Mm-hmm. Like you could see it in the video, all the little the, the little details. But I'm just like, "Shut up!" Yeah. Like somebody can't be talented without mm-hmm. fucking. That's crazy. Yeah. Like you. Well, here's the truth. You just suck. Yeah. You suck, and you believe in t- you. Be- you have to believe in this Illuminati shit in order for you to justify that you suck. Yeah. And, I they can't stop. They, they don't. They don't understand
1: like the work ethic. I think, I think the people that are, um, looking up to the Don Tollivers or Jay Z's or LeBrons, mm-hmm. you know, all these people that they may deem have sold their soul or whatever. <clears> I think the people that are looking up to them and looking at it as like a, a system or a structure to to be successful, um, they like, oh, okay, I see the work you got to put in to get there. Late nights in the studios. Mm-hmm you know, making beats and mixing albums and, you know, traveling, shooting music videos, like, putting a lot of work in. And then there's some other people that are just sitting at home and not putting the work in. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're putting the work in and they haven't got a break and their music is terrible and they're just sitting there like, man, like, man, that's the, the reason why he, he owned is because he sold his soul. It's like, no, like, he makes good music and he has a lot of fans across the, the world. Hey, what you the, know the fuck what I mean? are you talking about? Yeah, so I don't know. I just think, like, that's one of the things um, – I forgot who I, I was having this, um, this, like I was talking about me and my, you know, my uh, Pat, he shoots a lot of, uh, or Blue Pear, he shoots a lot of music videos for different artists like Blast and stuff like that. And uh, sometimes we just have like these music discussions, you know, as far as like, you know, why certain people are successful. And um, we're talking about Russ and Russ's formulas you know, obviously like continually work on your craft you know, put out the content and just, just be consistent. And if the music is good, people will follow you. But he was like, basically, Russ was saying, like, the the caveat is that your music has to be good. 100%. You know, because, you know, there's some people um, here locally or, you know, across the the country that are just, like, putting out – average music every yep. you know
0: once a week uh, once a month and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it just doesn't work yeah yeah and and i think what happens too is some people tell themselves in their mind that like like i'm the next this i'm the next that and it's like you listen to the music objectively or what they're doing and you be like yo this is just you sound just like another like trey songs washed out like a like a like a replicated version of trey songs mm-hmm. and some people really like and it's no offense but when I listen to artists that are really, really great, the people that I gravitate to the most, they have a certain originality to mm-hmm. them. You know, I, like Black, his voice is really original. Yeah. Um, Khalid, his voice is very original. Yeah. Don Tolliver, his voice is very original. Mm-hmm. Like th- the certain artists are very original mm-hmm. and really good. And mm-hmm. I gravitate to those guys because there's so many artists that sound just like the next one. Yeah, You know, the, you know, the, like the, the R&B, like R&B rap <clears throat> rap r&b slash there's mm-hmm. too many of those guys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think like chris brown low-key opened that lane up mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. like the like and put you in the bins and i get you in a minute i think that's like mm-hmm. chris brown mm-hmm. and after he did that now a bunch of people start doing mm-hmm. it and it's yeah. like nigga,
1: no yeah yeah
0: yeah that's true
1: i think um
0: uh are we still talking about chris
1: rock we are Oh. But it's
0: it's literally it it would bounce from that <laughs> that to attention. Yeah, oh, I got you. I got this you. Is all yeah, kind of the, the this, attention. Yeah, I we're gonna you. reel it back in.
1: Yeah, but no, yeah, I think um, I don't. And, and that that's I think I think people use hate as attention as well. Yes, um, and I think that especially with that particular comment, and this is just us speaking about our own personal experience. But that comment, if you look on the thing, like if you look at my page, it says like I don't know if it, from any other pages, but it says top fan or something like that. Like he mm-hmm. has like a badge by his thing. Right. And I don't I don't think he's a top fan, I just think he probably is arguing with people on that post. He just
0: got recognition for it. Yeah, yeah. They, they and offered a po- him a badge Yeah, for yeah. being yeah. a dick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I don't even know if the dude likes the content or not. Like, you need to get a badge hilarious.
0: for best dick sucker. <laughs> yeah. That's what you are, you fuckface. Yeah,
1: but I mean, above all, he, he kind of uh, triggered a conversation, you know, and that only uh, led to more people comments on the post, which probably helped the analytics and algorithm and stuff like that. So, you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs>
0: Man, I remember it's crazy. People get mad at you, too, when you get, like, a lot of likes on a comment. Mm -hmm. I don't don't say that this is a skill, but I think that I just have the ability. Like, if Keith will say something and I respond really fast, like I'm quick with it, Because I have literally thousands and thousands of hours Mm -hmm. of talking on a microphone. Mm -hmm. So, if I'm on the internet and I see something pop up, it just hits my brain fast. And I'm like, oh. Like, I I, I responded to the post with Kelsey Plum and Darren Waller. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, they're going to have a superhuman child, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then a bunch, like, probably like over 500 people liked it, right? Yeah. and Very rarely, like, um, like when you
1: see the Christian McCaffreys and Steph Currys mm -hmm. and... Um, you like the athletes that have kids and their wife is also an athlete, may not be on the same level, but like athlete in their own right. Mm -hmm. More times than not, that breeds like a pretty athletic kid, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: But then you'll see some people like say something negative about it, Mm -hmm. they'll be like, Wow, that was original, bro, Mm -hmm. or like, it's hella lame, but I guess, bro. And it's Mm -hmm. like, What, yeah, it's just people get mad. At stuff on the internet, which is yeah. weird. It's like, bro, when you if you live enough regular life, you shouldn't be doing that. But yeah. let's let's not go too before far. Before you leave that though, that it's it's a
1: real skill to like not give these people attention, you know? Mm. Because I thought of, I mean we had this conversation before, but when I would see people like Cardi B and Chris Brown and all these other reacting. people like go, reacting to the negative things and SZA and all these people. I'm like, dog, it's thousands of fans that loves your albums, yeah. loving your content, and there's just one person that said, You look like this or mm-hmm. you know, even with uh with um what's the girl's name? Uh she signed a dream. Ari Lennox. She uh when people were saying she looked like a pit bull and stuff like that. Mind you, it's thousands of women and thousands of men that really love her music. But, you know, there was you know, maybe a couple comments that said she looked like a dog and it just took her up. over the top. Um, I think Ari
0: Lennox is pretty cute. Yeah, yeah, first she's, she. yeah for sure. Her nostrils kind of crazy, but she, <laughs> she got crazy nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> yo, she got mad nostrils. Yo, <laughs> Ari Lennox got mad nostrils. Son.
1: no, but uh, Cameron, she but, got
0: she got nostril nostrils. <laughs> she was a
1: possum possum. Natural nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it it, but I you know I say that to say when I used to see those people before we. Um, really had any sort of traction via social media and YouTube and stuff like that, I would see him and I'd be like, yo, why are y'all so fixated on the negative stuff when so many people appreciate what you do? But when I started, you know, getting more comments on, on our posts and stuff like that, I had to real myself back in and, you know, remind myself like that was the conversation I was having before we had any of these moments ourselves. Right. Because it's so easy to be like, Man, this is so funny, or people tagging their friends in the post and all that and mm-hmm. just overlook that. And then the one negative person, you like, you know, like, uh, you know, here comes these clout chasers, or you know, yeah, you know, you just guys trying to take advantage of the opportunity. Whatever the case, any negative comment. And sometimes you want to get on there and argue with them, but you know, I just have to keep reminding myself, like, yeah. bro, when you when you find that desire to go argue with somebody, take that same energy and the person that is showing you love, go right on their comment.
0: Right. Yeah yeah the thing about it too, is especially the the viral post we have on Instagram. it's weird because the the amount of jokes on Keith mm-hmm. and some of it is just some of it is just like not original and kind of corny yeah. but at the same time, it's like, okay, um like Michael B Jordan corny or like yeah, I, I, yeah, right. I'll take That's that funny. corny any day of the week. But the thing about if it, Michael is, B. Jordan, corny is bad for everybody. It's bad for everybody. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan is corny. You got to be the, if you're the sexiest man alive with yeah. a fucking uh, a box office massive film massive. and be considered corny, yeah. then no one, no one is safe. <laughs> Nobody's
1: safe out here. Hey,
0: you know what's funny? You know what it proves? Mm-hmm. Corny men win in the end. Yeah. All these cool motherfuckers that want to be cool all day, mm-hmm. they're just going to be right behind the keyboard watching us. Yeah. So keep on calling motherfuckers corny. And, you, fingers. and you're going to be able to come. You're going to have to come to my movie premiere. You're going to have to come to the podcast. You're going to yeah. have to watch us be successful. Because the whole time you spent being cool, you never developed any skills besides sucking cock on the internet. Mm-hmm. So congratulations. yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to get all over the place. We, we went on I tangent. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, in regards to attention, it is a pandemic. It was mm-hmm. it attention is more of a pandemic than the pandemic was.
1: Yeah, facts.
0: My God, we needed a mask to stop us from fucking getting attention. Mm-hmm. We should have put a we should have put a fucking N95 on our phones. Mm-hmm. God damn. Mm-hmm. A lot of shit I see, bro. I see behaviors in people that is so attention seeking. Like I seen and I see this is more synonymous with women though. Well, they'll pop up and be like, They'll post like, I just don't feel very sexy today. I feel really fat and I just feel sluggish, and mm-hmm. I just feel bad. And then you see a bunch of comments: "You're perfect," "You're perfect." No, bitch, you're lying. You're perfect. Then it'll yeah. be a dude pop up: "Oh, you're so beautiful." I feel the worst part about that is, is you really don't feel that about yourself. Yeah, I think you just love the affirmation you're getting, mm-hmm. and I think that it's a it's a problem, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, <laughs> I think it's a real mental issue. When you cut your, if you cut yourself down on the internet, and say I don't feel pretty today. I'm gonna just let you feel ugly. I'm not <laughs> telling you shit. Yeah, you know, because at the end of the day, you need to own whatever shit you got on. Own it. Mm-hmm. But you go on the internet and it ain't right, and and it, and it doesn't stop there. It's like the motherfucker that gives some a homeless person a sandwich, and they got a videotape every time they give a homeless person a sandwich. Mm-hmm. You know that when you give, this is what I feel when I give people something. That's between me, that person, and God. Mm-hmm. That's the only interactions that matter, Mm -hmm. right? Motherfuckers be like, yo, I just got this Subway sandwich and, you know, I was hungry. But when I see somebody homeless and they going through it, I feel like it's my duty. You know what I'm saying? So, sir, here, take this sandwich. What's your name? Greg. All right, Greg. Thank Mm -hmm. you. God bless you. Mm -hmm. This is how I get down. It's like, dude. Yeah. Like that did not earn you any money. Mm-hmm. That it. only thing you're trying to get is cool points. You're trying to paint a perception of who you want people to think you are. You're not built like that because real people that are built like that give and no one knows they gave. You know how many people die, right? And at the funeral, a bunch of people pop up and said, oh, my God, uh, David gave me money when I was broke. This person did this. Man, a buddy of mine passed away, and one of his uncles came and said, "Man, he this young man paid my rent for three months straight. He was a great man, and he was he was crying, yeah. tears coming out of his eyes." Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and that's organic, right? Somebody that was genuinely, um, genuinely affected by your kindness comes out and speaks on your behalf. But when you gotta go on the internet and give a motherfucker a pulled pork sandwich, and and you videotape it, and then you do it without people's consent. Mm-hmm. You just, walk, just walking
1: up on people with your camera out.
0: Yeah, just because mm-hmm. somebody homeless don't mean they ain't got no dignity. Yeah. If I'm sleeping on a park bench, I'm going to take your sandwich. But goddamn, motherfucker, <laughs> get the camera out my face. Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? People be having families and stuff, too. And Not everybody want to be blasted
0: on nah. their social media. Like, I'm already doing bad. Nigga, don't mm-hmm. be putting me on camera. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, you be hungry. Like, I don't like meatball subs, but I eat it. I ain't <laughs> it two days. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a garbage sandwich last time. Bro, I've been I've seen a dude that was about to eat out of a trash can. I was cleaning, I was vacuuming my car out. I was over there at the car wash. You know how mobile has a built-in car wash? Mm -hmm. I went in mobile, washed my car, and then I pulled over to vacuum it and clean it out. Mm -hmm. Dude stuck his arm in there, was about to pull some food out. I said, Stop it. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me like I was crazy. I said, stop, bro. Just stop. Mm-hmm. I was like, here, man. Can you take this six bucks or something, man, go in the store and get something? Please don't. While I'm here, please don't eat out of that fucking trash mm-hmm. can, bro. And I wasn't doing that because I was trying to be, uh, you know, the most giving, loving man. But mm-hmm. I just feel like a grown adult shouldn't have to eat out of a fucking trash can. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I was blessed enough to get this man some money to get something to eat. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. I'm like, don't look at me funny, nigga. You was about to eat that burger. Ha <laughs> 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 Yeah.
1: But um, you got any more on that? I had a couple more notes that I had Go on. Go ahead, man. This. Handle it. Nah, it was um, the conversation he was having about white men thinking that uh, the others are taking over the country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that that was like... It was so interesting because he, he was just talking about, like, like wh- like where is this happening in real life? He's like, niggas don't own nothing. No. Like we still, you know, we still got a fraction of the buying powers. Like, right. he's like, we still ain't got no real wealth like that. Y'all still own the majority of things. And then he talked about how, like, the white people was raiding the, the Capitol basically arguing with other white people right, 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 <laughs> it's like, right. you know it's not, it's not like black people or mexicans are in the um you know in the government really really running things or really affecting right. It's like y'all fighting against each other and acting like black people mexican people uh whatever other people are like really have some type of stake in are you in trying it? to
0: overthrow a government you created yeah exactly i thought that was hilarious mm-hmm. i think if i think if you understand the historical context of that joke then it would be funny to you Mm -hmm. but if you're a person like you're just trying to they're trying to blame white the white man for everything and i'm just i'm I'm over it Mm -hmm. i'm over it there's just just now you can't even be a white man anymore it's like dude shut the fuck up yeah shut up yes you can stop being caught up this is the problem when people make statements like that like i can't even be white anymore Mm -hmm. it's like bro you just getting too caught up in the news cycle yeah like the, the biggest thing is what was funny about the joke more or less was black people really don't own enough things and due to you know how the the actual US government has treated black people so badly all these years we live we literally live in a country where me and Keith have fake names mm-hmm. like Keith fingers that's not his real last name if we had our real motherland names that's not what it would be but being that our ancestors were in born into slavery and slaves we those names were given to us hmm. We our history is not real history. Yeah. Not only that, we black people literally live in a country where we're 13 percent of the population. And people say that we're looking for a handout when we talk about reparations. But the slave owners got reparations yeah. for lost property. It you was know. it was even so bad that these big banks that we know today, you know, the Wells Fargo's and the, and all these banks, they actually would take slaves as collateral. hmm. So this is the country we live in, right? We have to live in a country where we've accepted these things. Yeah. And we're, we're how are we making? How are we getting ahead of anybody? Like mm. me and Keith work hard and we do a great job, but bro, like there's too many people of color in poverty. Yeah. Right. And it's and it was and it's it was by design, and systemic racism. Let's just say now that you know. Most people are not racist, things of that nature. There's no real systems in place to suppress black people. And let's just say that's true, which I believe for the most part we all have the same opportunity in America. Mm-hmm. Systemic racism is a system without the racists. Mm-hmm. The system was worked so profoundly well at that time that it suppressed so much wealth. It's like playing a game of catch-up. Like literally, it's like imagine you start a race, right? Let's say you got, uh, you know how you shoot the gun off during like a relay? Mm-hmm. And you go pow, you shoot the gun off. Motherfucker starts running, right? And then once he gets over um over half a lap, now you shoot the gun again, and now the other person has to catch up. Yeah. That is what black people are in America.
1: Yeah, they had that example. Uh like uh it was some class or something. It was like a viral video that happened. It was years ago, maybe like 10 years ago or something like that. Right. And it was like, you know, it was basically it was like a, a game of like red light, green light. But I think it might have been like asking certain questions like go if you blah, blah, blah. And then it was just like, but you just started to see how the white people just kept going kept and going. going. and going yeah, and going.
0: Yeah. yeah. And this is where white people feel, um, where they feel pissed off though. Like it's not my fault. Okay. I didn't own slave. And it's like, nope, we're not saying you own slaves. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying you're a bad person. We're not even saying that you're racist. But what we, what you have to understand is that you just being white has a lot to do with what happened with your grandfather and your other great grandfather that owned those businesses. A lot of times black people couldn't even get homes. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't even let black people get houses. This is not that long ago. Mm -hmm. Like my living grandfather who had just passed away recently was, was a product of these things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even 40 years old, man. Mm -hmm. My father was segregated. Mm -hmm. Like I'm 37. I'll be 38 in a few days. My father grew up in a world where he couldn't drink water from the same faucet. That's not that long ago. Mm-hmm. We live in a country where black men fought in every world war and did not receive any medals of valor. Mm-hmm. And they received a lot of those posthumously, which means they fought for this country. And then some came back, lived for a while, passed away, and they get medals of valor mm-hmm. six fifty years later. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, like mm-hmm. this we live in a country. Jesse Owens goes to Berlin, Germany on a boat, wins like four or five medals, and comes back to a country that won't even let him eat in the same restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Joe Lewis fights Max Schmeling, mm-hmm. right Max Schmelling was uh, a German boxer, and this was the two biggest historical events in sports history were both black men who 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 ran for this country in Jesse Owens mm-hmm. and the other one was Joe Lewis mm-hmm. who fought Max Schmeling in a, at a time where there was conflicts between Germany and United States and this wasn't just a situation where it's just another fight like John Jones and Serial Gone mm-hmm. this was like world like Germans was trying to take behind yes it. it was historic like historic monumental mm-hmm. like value to this fight. Mm-hmm. And Joe Lewis knocked that fucking German dude out. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't knock him out, but he fucked him up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe Lewis was treated improperly just like any other black person. Yeah. So it's, it's a whole lot, man. I don't want to go on a tangent, but yeah, it was funny. I think that it that the deeper, the deeper conversations of Chris Rock's jokes make more sense. And they're, they're more funny and thought provoking when you understand History. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm talking about not not the the very um, not the the vanilla history that you learned in school. I'm talking about actual United States history.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 interesting. I, I was thinking about earlier when you was talking about our names. Yeah, and I think that's a, that something that may you know go over people's heads, but yeah. you know, essentially saying that you know our names were essentially um, we inherited names from our slave owners. Yeah, you know, the last name of our slave owners was our names, and then they just gave us a name. Yeah, um, but when you think about you know, just think about the the difference in how Keith Fingers sounds versus Indama and Sue. Or Nnamdi mm. Asamoa. You know there you I mean? go. Like, those are names that are, you know, have the African heritage, uh, you know, Giannis. Francis Antet- Ngannou. Francis Ngannou, not, uh Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, yeah. all these names are, you know, they just have a different ring to them. Versus motherland. Eddie names. McGee and, you know,
0: Keith Fingers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. we, we sound like two white guys.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's like, you see
0: that podcast with Keith Fingers and Eddie McGee? Yeah. He'd be like, oh, I don't know about that, man. Yeah. It doesn't really. sound... Doesn't sound very black to me. Yeah, I don't really like white podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> not a fan of the whites. Yeah, not a fan of the whites. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: but I think what what I think Chris Rock, um, Dave Chappelle, these guys. Um, I, I would only use those guys as an, as an example because I haven't listened to uh too much recent like Bill Burr and stuff. But um, at least Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. I think that, you know, they're in their age, they're starting, uh, and they have been doing this for a while. I think Chris Rock has always had these kind of takes. Yeah. But um, just like uh, social conversations and, and then turn that into to, to jokes. I think back in the day, you know, like back in the day you would have like, even Dave Chappelle, you know, he had jokes about like guys jacking off on the bus and Oh, and yeah, stuff like that, that or you know it might be the sex joke and stuff like that or you know chris rock would talk about certain things but i think now you know the thing that is like just in their maturity um and then just their awareness of the world you know it just seems to me that they are the conversations that they're having are just very mature and i and that's something that i appreciated about you know this special just the the
0: Maturity. Yeah, I I think one of the most one of the most heartbreaking things during the set was he talked about his mother and back in the day when you needed a tooth extracted if you didn't have a black dentist you had to go to a veterinarian to get your tooth pulled. Oh dang! Yeah, so his mother, his living mother, was at a veterinarian getting her tooth pulled. Imagine being around a bunch of animals and get using the same exact stuff. To get your tooth pulled. Mm -hmm. You literally were on the level of a dog as a black person in America when it came to that. If you could not have a black dentist, you had to go to a vet. Mm -hmm. That is disgusting. And mind you, this is Chris Rock's living mother. Just Mm -hmm. to give you context on this. Before you say black people complain about shit, please understand the history before you do that. Mm Please. Please. And he made. He, not only did he make that connection, but he also talked about how my mother was at a veterinary and getting her tooth pulled. And now she's in France with my daughter in culinary art school. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. Like to make that connection to go from being treated like dirt as mm-hmm. a black person going to a veterinarian and get your tooth pulled mm-hmm. to ending up being so well off that you are now in uh, culinary art school in a different country with Chris Rock's daughter. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was a beautiful way of like you know, kind of uh corralling this joke, mm-hmm. but turning it into something like empowering. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But before we move on, I'll just go straight to the very end with the Will Smith shit. Mm-hmm. I think he he waited a while to address it. And I, I think he was I think he was frustrated with what with, what Will did. Yeah. And he's like, for sure. it was what Will Smith did was selective outrage. Mm-hmm. He's like, you literally did an interview with a motherfucker that was sucking dick. He's like, this was the first time in history that a person that was cheating on somebody is doing an interview. He's like, I was sucking his dick. How does that make you feel? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> and I thought it was hilarious, but it's the truth. And he said, somehow you weirdo motherfuckers was, was, had an interview with this and it got out. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. Like, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And what I find very disingenuous about Jada Pinkett is the fact that you could... Not only what you did, and people just, like, brushed it under the rug. She literally fucked her son's friend, a young man barely over the age of 21. You fuck him, right, which is your son's friend. And while you're still a married woman legally, you're legally still a married woman. I heard people say, well, they were technically separate. No, this is a married woman fucking a young man. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the same woman that got a red table talk that tries to get all philosophical and deep like, you know, the empowering feeling. Shut up. You suck 21-year-old dick from your son's friend. That is a character call. That's a character problem. Yeah, That's a character. Imagine this. Imagine if as a man, let's flip this shit around. Let's say as a man, your 21, 22-year-old daughter has a friend and you start fucking her friend. Can you imagine the amount of public... Like lashings, you would get. Mm-hmm. They would call you a predator. Well, he's not a predator, but basically he is because what kind of man would have sex with a twenty-one-year-old girl? And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, they gave. I'm sorry, even they gave Jada people's giving her jokes and shit, but she still got way too much grace because she still got a show. I don't even know if a man would still have a show after the shit that, that she did. Mm-hmm. The the and the funny thing is. The people that still come on the show. She still has actresses that come on the show and all these other people. And it's like, wait a minute. Y'all still doing business with somebody that fucked a 21-year-old R&B singer? (laughs) Can you imagine if a man was fucking some 20 to 21-year-old woman? Do you think that fucking uh, Conan O'Brien or any of these guys are going to be coming on the show anymore? Fuck no. Mm -hmm. Look. At the end of the day, I I think that uh, and I don't want to get off. I'll keep going off the topic there, but yeah. But he basically said it was selective outrage what Will Smith did, um, and he also talked about uh, how he wasn't mad at him. Like he he said Will was not mad at me. Yeah. Like I didn't have an entanglement. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> like I wasn't the one involved. Yeah, you mad at your wife? Yeah, you mad at your wife? And and the thing about it too is. Like, people say, Well, you don't know what Will was going through, and this and that. And he's like, you, Out of all people, you come and you slap me.
1: Yeah, he talks about the disparity in their sizes, too. It's like, He's like, I don't. It's like, Will does, It has movies where he takes his shirt off. He's like, Will played Muhammad Ali in a movie. He said, uh, I have never been in a movie. He's, <laughs> and took my shirt off. I played Pookie in New Jack City. He said if I if I was in a movie and I was doing open heart sur- surgery, I would have a sweater yeah, on. Yeah, I have a sweater <laughs> on. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I think the biggest thing, I don't think the end was like like um I think it was a it was a great take. I don't think it was like, you know, super funny, funny, but you can just sense the emotion of it. Because yeah. he's like He's like yo, like well, Bull Smith. I'm a fan of you. You it's were a, my favorite rapper it's a growing up. Session. It was a venting yeah. session. Yeah, like dog. I, I was. I went to your. I went to your shows. Like, you know, um, you know, outside of the the music and the. I mean, outside of the acting and the movies. Like dog, when you was a, when you were just like the first rapper to win a Grammy. All these things. Like I was a fan of you, and then you know to have to have this happen. But I think um you know just the. And that was like a lot of people's takes, you know what I mean? Like from a, you know, there was some like niggas that was just like, man, you better keep my wife's name out your mouth. I would have the same, like, all that kind of like up. corny stuff. But Shut like, up. I think just as a, um, just as a, a person that, you know, is is a is a is a fan, you know, it would be like, I don't know, for I guess for me, like, you know, if I if I get if I'm hosting some show and it's like J Cole up there and I'm like, yo, J Cole, like. Still mm. ain't got your teeth fixed, huh, man? And then it's just like I get up there and get slapped, and they'd be like, "Dog, like I went to yeah. your concert."
0: This is the main reason why he called it selective outrage. He mm. mentioned uh, he m- mentioned the laundry list of people who have said things about Will Smith over the years. They called him like a whack rapper. He talked mm. about Charlemagne, All these people he said, but you come on Calling stage. him the B word. You called him a bitch. And he said, mm. "You come up here and slap me." Yeah. And it's like that is selective outrage, unfortunately. For sure. Yeah.
1: It is. And that's what people saying. It was like if The Rock was up there making
0: those jokes, he wouldn't have slapped him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, here's another thing too. Um, I think it's crazy because I felt like this whole time afterwards the, the me and you but had, the the select But the crazy part is like Chris Rock made
1: fun of Jada Pinkett's head. They were making fun of Will Smith for not for basically like not being, being nominated. Huh? No, no, no. The, when the when the uh when the news came out about August Halsina, mm-hmm. everybody was making fun of Will Smith. That was the the you know when people was like, yo, this nigga's weird, blah, blah, blah. That's Yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: The ultimate what I'm saying though is with Will Smith, what came off very disingenuous with him was the fact that me and you had the liberty of actually getting it live. Like we were on the podcast while the news was unraveling about Will Smith mm-hmm. and the slap. And we literally had that news within like three minutes of us podcasting, mm-hmm. which is probably the most convenient podcasting ever. Mm-hmm. And And we got to give a response in real time. And what I said is like, fuck his that that like where's his apology? Where's mm-hmm. his apology? He just accosted a man publicly and went and sat back to his de- he went and uh, he literally physically and just verbally accosted a man on live TV and went back to his seat and sat down like a little privileged kid keep my wife's name and he went and sat down he should have been escorted out of the fucking building if he was a b or c list actor trying to do that shit they would have kicked him the fuck out of there yeah but he's will smith so he slapped somebody and sat his privileged ass right there then got an award and when he gave a speech he just did some bullshit he's like a fierce protector and so i'm at a time in my life and it's like nigga you're not gonna apologize to the man you slapped Mm-hmm. you're not gonna you do that whole speech and have tears and waterworks and you still don't apologize then you go down and then months and months and months go on and then you was like you know i just want to apologize to everybody involved nigga it took you that long to do this and then you and then he only went on platforms where he could be politically correct it's like man if you don't get the fuck out of here i know
1: some interviews that were edited
0: they edited super mm-hmm. edited videos. Like, Will Smith, this is not 1990-something anymore, homie. You exposed yourself that day. This is the problem. A lot of these people, when the truth comes out, like, this would have never happened in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Because Will, like, back then, he did such a good job of not doing that. But you don't need to respond with a visceral reaction if you feel disrespected. You need to breathe. You need to take that man backstage, and I tell you, hey, my wife didn't appreciate that. And then if you say I don't care, was it? Now I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> but the fact that you just go up on stage and do that—that's—that's that's like nobody respects that, homie. Mm-hmm. And who I forgot who was it that was uh, the, the 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 dude that took over that had uh, the basically have I guess responsibility for the show or put the show together. Damn it. Uh, Will Packer. Will Packer. It mm-hmm. was like the first time that it had been a thing. He is the first black producer. First black producer of the show, and you make the shit about you and slap another black man. Yeah, that nigga moment. It's fucking dumb. And mm-hmm. every show that I've seen Will Smith on, like after that, if they talk about it, he, he like deflects and says, you know, like afterwards, you know, after it went on, I see my nephew and he's sitting there and you know he's crying like um did you hit that man and you know that like broke my heart you know i'm like dude like when the fuck you gonna apologize and verbally say i was wrong for slapping him and he's like i don't want to feel like i'm a piece of shit you was a piece of shit motherfucker Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like i don't get it you know like especially now for me i have so much accountability that if i do something that's out of character or wrong or whatever i'm like yo i'm 100% wrong and i don't ever need to do that again like i don't yeah. ever need to do that again i was wrong there's no excuses yeah. that's not happening anymore
1: yeah there's a way to there's there's just a way to apologize i think like right um a, a way of saying sorry without making excuses for yourself yeah i do understand like will smith's take on not making myself wrong because sometimes, like, you can, you know, like, we do certain things in our past and we just beat ourselves up over it. Like, bro, dang, I should have did this. I should have did. And all that should have, could have, would have, like, goes through your head. But at the end of the day, like, you know, an apology is um, something that doesn't require the excuse. Man. You can just say, like, yo, I, you know, I'm sorry, Chris Rock. That's and, and just leave it at that. And that would... All that anger that you've seen from Chris Rock at the end of the show, the last ten minutes. Yeah, he would have been like, yo, like we, you know, we talked it out as men, and he probably still would have made a joke out of it, but Mm -hmm. you know, we talked it out as men and everything is good. But you can still sense there's some energy there. That show that show aired on Saturday. He filmed it on Saturday. Yeah. So that's been working on this material for since the slap happened. Yeah.
0: So this gives you an idea of the literal, like the current like landscape of their relationship mm-hmm. like that that that's what it is like yeah. it literally is not good still I think a lot of that has to do with Will Smith I think it's due to the fact that this motherfucker has been on a a, a a freaking a campaign of being politically correct all of a sudden I guess Will Smith when he came up with his social media that was him like being uncut and you know him showing more of himself well if you want to show more of yourself you could tell people how you're having these internal battles or how bad you feel and why you slap the person mm-hmm. but instead you just being politically correct trying to save your career
1: do you think so i couldn't i didn't really get it because i know at the end and i think the great part about this special too is he messed up yeah, he did he said uh so. emancipation when he meant to say concussion and then he was like i messed up the joke but he was still in it like that i think you know those type of like like beautiful mistakes, or whatever I don't know what you would call it, like happy mistakes, is like Bob Ross would say, mm-hmm. like those just kind of add to the rawness of it all. But, um, do I couldn't really understand like where he was going with it, but it sounded like to me that, um, Chris Rock tried to reach out to Will
0: Smith, that's what I'm saying, yeah, and then
1: saying. Will Smith didn't like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, if
0: that's the case, like. I don't really have yeah. many he words he said I wanted to reach out to him and give him my condolences yeah you know but the thing about it is is as a man when he said you know why I didn't react because I was raised right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: right and I think that it, it, he was venting he was having a venting session at the end of that rather than just telling jokes at that point Mm -hmm. and he would start going in on jada calling her bitches and shit and i was like okay wow yeah this guy's pissed off Mm -hmm. this guy's really pissed off Mm -hmm. something's going on Mm -hmm. but yeah i think we gotta we have to move on from this we've been talking about this shit a while i think the best thing you could do at this point is go and uh check out the special for yourself and yeah you determine how funny it is for me Mm -hmm. i felt it was more genius than it was funny Mm -hmm. right yeah. Uh, but that's not taking away from it at all. That's just how art works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to Chris Rock, too. Shout out to Chris Rock, man. Yeah. Where, where we at, man? It's been a while. Uh, almost an hour. Shit. See what I'm saying? Almost
1: mm-hmm. an hour of Chris Rock. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He. I mean, we did a special on his special.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> Dang Jesus near the same Christ. Time. Yeah. All right. Uh, switching gears. Uh, Ford, Ford cars repossessing themselves. Yes, you heard me correctly. Um, The car of the future. Ford applies a patent on a car that can automatically repossess itself. Ford has some interesting ideas on what self-driving cars might soon be able to do besides freeing us from the tedium of commuting. Uh, The company envisions cars that could repossess themselves, according to to a document recently published on the United States Patent. And Trademark Office website, Ford said it is considering a system that would allow a car to, on its own, leave you if you stop making your monthly auto payments. Don't worry, though. The patent hasn't been approved yet. And Ford insists it's just a thought. Um, In a statement pointing out their company was granted, not just applied for, but actually granted, uh, 1,342 patents last year. That's an average of 3.7 patents per day. Companies apply for patents to protect ideas. From being used by others, whether or not they're actually used, the intellectual property themselves. Explain, patent attorney, whatever. A partner in the Washington D.C. office from firm. These processes could take up. This is just un- unimportant. Basically, here's my thing. Um, I understand you want to make these autonomous cars. Um, I seen some people in L.A. recently. This chick was in the back seat of her car eating a sandwich while the Tesla was driving itself. Mm-hmm. Swear to God. Mm and i'm in my i'm in my 18 wheeler and i'm looking over at this like you fucking people
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you fucking people Mm -hmm. you 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 enjoy that sandwich that might be the last fucking sandwich you ever eat Mm -hmm. because the way la traffic works and motherfuckers cutting you off and all this shit tesla ain't gonna be ready for that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and this is gonna be motherfuckers flipping off the tesla and ain't nobody in the (laughs) fuck you motherfucker you'd be like elon musk (laughs) <laughs> Elon Musk gonna have to download software to start cussing motherfuckers out.
1: Yeah. Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> Chris Rock had a joke about Elon Musk, too. He said he had negative cum. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He said he gets He's his dick sucked so much <laughs> that he
0: got negative cum. He got the lowest uh, sperm count in the United States. That shit was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I don't want to keep jumping back to Chris Rock, but he said something hilarious. He said, I date women my age basically 15 years younger than me. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. He's like, I don't get with women my age are talk about Anita Baker. I'm trying to fuck Doja Cat. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what Cat said about that. That'd probably
1: be hilarious. I think the thing with these, with these, uh, the th- the reason this annoys me about Ford is because, um, one, it like people fall on hard times, man. Thank like, you. If you if you going through it, it's the same idea that you know we have is like why are we having overdraft fees if we ain't got no money
0: Bruh.
1: like nigga i got neck i got zero dollars and you charging me ten dollars because i got an auto payment that i forgot about It's like, right. just so, such a stupid concept yeah um and same thing with this I, I just think that like instead of this repossession thing with ford like how about just you know being more particular with who you're selling your car 100 percent. you know what i mean and that comes with the credit scores and stuff like that but right. even if you got if somebody has a high enough credit score to to purchase the car and get it get a loan and stuff like that you know i think i think more times than not the person is you know probably good for it but you know a lot of times you know people be in transitions from jobs I, i've known mm-hmm. like you know one of my friends he was out of work for like six months or like so it was just so it's so long and he was applying and you know doing all the things and it just it just you know he just couldn't um keep a job or land a job so i don't know i just think like these type of things are just like taking advantage of uh you know people that don't are like already don't have stuff i just you know yeah. i don't like that predatory uh Yeah it is pre- it is
0: predatory mm-hmm. and people say well if you just pay your payment you don't have to worry about it motherfucker that's not how life works motherfucker yeah. The people that make these statements, on, they, they've been too high on the hog for too long. These they,
1: are the people that, like in high school, their parents had bought them, you know, a brand new car. Right. Or not a brand, not brand new, but like a used, yeah. you know, 2000 whatever, you know. Ford F one fifty or whatever, and it, you know they've been you know they've been good. Ever Just since. pay your
0: payment; you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, all they had to do is pay for gas. You know, you know what's funny about people is the simplistic logic with this. When you never grow up poor, you never under. I know what it feels like to have a car repossessed and taken from you because it happened to me. Okay, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not too embarrassed to talk about it because some of you motherfuckers listening have had a car repossessed from you. It don't feel good. Mm-hmm. It you feel powerless. You feel hurt. Because it's like you, if it was up to you, you would have had the money to pay it, but your conditions or something that had happened in your life did not allow you to make your payments on time, mm-hmm. and now you fell behind, they come and take your car, and then you see the tow guy lifting your shit up, driving off with it, and you like, wow, I don't have a car. Mm-hmm. This is embarrassing, mm-hmm. right? And some mm-hmm. of y'all, bro, you really, bro, you have no idea. And most of you motherfuckers is two paychecks away from being all the way fucked off. Yeah, man. Uh, that's most of America did you know that the average American does not have the money to afford a $500 emergency did you know that Mm -hmm. did you know that while a lot of y'all talking about you need to just make your payment and you won't have a problem well you better not deal with no $500 emergency because most of y'all don't got the money to do it yeah I live in the real world homie I don't live on the internet Mm -hmm. I live in the real world I know what's going on I know a lot of y'all been eating noodles for the past couple days but some some people are a
1: bit like that's what that's you know what, what? I'm agreeing with you and saying that like, there are certain people that have certain careers that were like pandemic proof. You know there what I mean? You go. Like you had certain jobs where they were on salary, and whether they showed up, like um, you know, I have a couple people that I know that work at schools, and whether they work one day out of the month or you know thirty days out of the month, they still get paid that that base salary. So. You know, you have people like that that work in, you know, corporate America and stuff Mm -hmm. like that or that are like that are having hot takes on what, you know, the average American is experiencing. It's like, dog, sit down somewhere. You know, that's the thing. Like um, we watched the movie uh, Freedom Riders um, a few weeks ago. And, you know, it's the movie about the, the teacher that moved to L.A um and she started teaching at the high school she was an english
0: teacher and you know all the she got all the bad kids bill burr made fun of that about the bill burr said that he needed they need to start making movies like that like it's basically like the white teacher or the white person that goes to a school and she likes like is like the savior of the school and now Mm -hmm. he's like it's just like there's always a fucking lesson behind he said we need to start making movies about when that shit doesn't work out (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's funny but they
1: don't make movies about that (laughs) no they don't (laughs) um but yeah so but the the the, it's a powerful message in the in the movie about um just giving people a safe space to um really like tell their story right and i I say that to say like in terms of that story it's like these kids that are like growing up in gang-infested neighborhoods that no one has ever asked them like how they're doing, you know no one has ever you know she she gave them like notebooks where they could just write in there, and then um you know they could you know she was like, if I won't read it, you know this is just like a diary for you, if you want me to read it, you could put it in this like cabinet over here, then the next day the whole thing was filled up with a bunch of people, and like these are like real letters that these kids are writing, and they're just talking about I got jumped in when I was fourteen years old, blah blah blah. But I say that to say, like in terms of this conversation about Ford, um, or like the 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 disparity between like these conversations that people have talking down on people that are getting their car repossessed and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. They just don't. There's just. They just don't know. Like, and nah. the, when then when people are trying to express themselves, they just look at it as <laughs> as an excuse. Yeah. You know, this is like real people's real experiences. Like I just mm-hmm. I know a lady. Um. Um, that was working at this job in like sales in some in some company. She was working there for like twenty plus of years, and they just fired her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I, I, she's like, I got another job. It's not, it doesn't pay as much, so I have to find out some other ways to, you know, supplement the the income. And they gave me a severance package and stuff like that. But I got to figure it out. She's probably in her sixties. It's you know? fucked up. And she's, you know, like you said, a couple weeks away from. Really being down bad, you know, yeah. not being able to pay her bills. So it's 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 bigger than just the white and black thing. It's bigger than you know all of that. It's people just you know the society we live in um, is is just not. It ain't fair. At the end of the day, like, no, you know if we it, don't got enough money to do a lot of the stuff we be acting like we
0: do. Let me explain something to people, all the listeners here. I don't give a fuck what you do. None of your jobs are making you rich. None of them. None of them. So you could be making all your payments, all your bills are good, but at the end of the day, you missed two paychecks, you fucked. Mm-hmm. So let's be very clear. Every bill you pay, everything you do, be blessed and be humble, because that shit could change. Yeah. It is the thing about life, you're guaranteed bad and you guarantee guaranteed good, but you're not guaranteed when it will happen. So mm-hmm. watch your fucking mouth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Watch your mouth. I know what it feels like as a kid to have your electric cut off. Yeah. That's a terrible feeling to you know have your lights off. You got candles and shit. It's embarrassing, but it's a real reality of poverty. Mm-hmm. Having your car repossessed or having a car that once once it has car problems and it break down, nobody in the house got enough money to fix it. So now everybody's walking. Mm-hmm. You know, I know how it feels to be on the on, on the bus with groceries. I've had to deal with shit like that before. Mm-hmm. So my humility or me me talking about being humble comes from a very very deep place. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do. I do decent. I'm not rich. I do decent, but I'm not getting rich off my job. Yeah, I'm not one of these niggas that's gonna be on the internet acting like I got it like that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I do good, but at the same time, shit, two paychecks gone from me. I'm like, god damn, Now I got to take all the money that I had saved. Oh, now it's got that's gone too. Yeah. Well, fuck. Now I'm fucked. Yeah. It's like, it's like if
1: you don't have no money coming in, you know, and you just. Yeah, you could have ten thousand dollars saved up. Ten K ain't shit. Yeah, Tw- let's move it to twenty. Twenty. Move it to twenty
0: yeah. K with no job. That should have be gone, gone, gone quick.
1: A couple, couple months, maybe.
0: Yeah, that should have mm-hmm. be gone so quick. Yeah, you'll be you'll be contemplating creating OnlyFans. Oh, for sure. I'm man. about to show some dick. Fuck it. <laughs> 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 Yeah, for sure. Yeah, some man. Mm-hmm. It's it's just how it is, dude. And mm-hmm. the the cars repossessing themselves is not good news for the for people because most people ain't doing good like that. Mm-hmm. This is only good news for the people who want to get their cars back. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, it's like I don't know. You always have to have that margin for error. What if you pay your bill but you don't pay it on time, and then they just motherfucking the car just drive off the lot. Yeah, like you just be chilling. Imagine you go to a party, and let's say you you, 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 like you say, you know what? I'm from the party. I've been stressing out. I know I'm two months behind on my car payment, but man, I don't want to pay the seven hundred dollars. I need to have a drink and relax and go on a date. You go on a date. You take a check out. You had a time in your life and the motherfucking car drive off. Yeah, and you it's know like, what you do in that
1: case? What? Oh, hell no. Somebody stole my car. Going <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, good and goddamn well. It's sitting on a Ford lot.
0: <laughs> uh, <dang. laughs> oh, man. And then here's the thing. But no, no, here you go, though. Here you go. <laughs> what happened is this when they repossess yourself, your shit, you probably gonna get a phone notification like your car has been repossessed, mm-hmm. you know, due to non payment. You know, your shit has been taken, mm-hmm. right? And then. With the girl, she's like, Oh my god, you need to call the police. This is serious. <laughs> and you go inside an establishment or something, you call the police, yeah. And the police is like, Oh, is this your number? Yeah, man, they repossess your car because mm-hmm. the cop system is gonna be connected to the repossession. Yeah, so yeah. They're gonna be like, Yeah, I'm sorry, man, nothing we can do. And then the girl gonna be like, Are they coming? Are the police coming? You'd be like, yeah, they said that they're going to investigate it. But hey, can we go to your house? <laughs>
1: can we go to your <laughs> house? Dang. I'm still getting that
0: pussy. Fuck nah, that. That's real. I don't care if I got to take a skateboard home. Yeah, you got to get that overdraft fee. Catch that Uber, man. Fuck mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. man. Hey, you don't know what life is like until you've been playing around with a with an overdraft fee. Yeah. Like you, like you know what? I know that that like, bro. I've been in the place where like I know that that Netflix from the hit. Mm-hmm. I know that Netflix from the hit, but I got I got to get something to eat. I'm broke. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen many times. I've been in all kind of situations where. Yeah, you, you, I remember back in the day, I would go to Winco Food Store, and I would be I would probably have like nine dollars or some shit, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, you know what? I could get $100 cash back because all you would need to do was get the purchase and not overdraft at the moment. And you could still get $100 cash back from WinCo because the system didn't pick it up. Uh, so I could go to WinCo, spend like $7 on some food, mm-hmm. and then get $100 cash back at the register. And it would overdraft my shit, but I was still had $100. Yeah. Right? And I was doing shit like that just to have money. That's how broke I was. I remember I sold some speakers. Mm-hmm. Cause I had a pussy uh, a pussy appointment, and I was broke, and I really wanted this girl to come over real bad, mm-hmm. and she was thick too, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, and I didn't have no money, but I found somebody I sold my speakers to, yeah, and I sold my speakers to get some money mm-hmm. so I could get some pussy, and it and I got the money, and I got the pussy too, but it's embarrassing that I had to sell my speakers just so I could have. You know, beer and like shit to hang out with this chicken. Like yeah. I didn't even have money. I was so broke at the time. I could not even afford condoms. God damn! So you shouldn't be fucking. Mm-hmm. I had to sell my speakers out of my car at the time to get condoms. You know, it's crazy when you down in
1: that in that moment that seven dollars nine dollars in your account you really be like really doing thorough research on why you ended up in that position <laughs> like
0: you're looking at all the transactions
1: the automated stuff like Nigga, i should have canceled this a long time ago I ain't giving me my money back yeah. oh man yeah. yeah i'm way more mindful of like i now i i do a um i haven't been like as consistent as i wanted to be but I have a, a, a breakdown of all my transactions, so I know every single dollar that goes out and comes in. Oh yeah, in a in a chart in a uh, in a spreadsheet, mm-hmm. and um, it's like it's 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 giving me a lot of um, it's giving <laughs> yeah it just uh, just uh, like peace in terms of like knowing knowing all the things that are that are uh, that are going in and out of my account because sometimes like you have those transactions or those subscriptions that you've been paying for for five months and you ain't you know, you ain't utilized it. I remember like when I was uh like when I was working out like when I wasn't working out as consistently, especially during the pandemic, it was months going by and I was playing the plan of fitness like the ten dollars or whatever and I hadn't been to the gym in months, like five, six months. And I was like, dog, I should just cancel this. But you know, eventually I started going back. But at this time it was just like I'm paying you know this money for no reason and Mm. you know and i don't know we just like i don't know we just kind of get very loose with our money and the one of the one of the things that i realized when i started doing the spreadsheets is like i thought in my mind that when i got a million dollars everything was gonna be good but if i don't have the ability to manage Mm -hmm. a couple thousand or a couple hundred dollars ain't no way in the world i'm gonna be able to manage a million dollars you know that's when people get taken advantage of and You know, people, you know, they're blowing their money and, you know, they think just because they got a million dollars, they could just spend it very loosely. But you got to have the same same uh, attention to detail, you know, with, you know, normal bills or normal, you know, paychecks that you do when you have a million dollars because, you know, it could just as easily be gone.
0: A hundred percent. Even if you don't have a million dollars, you have to have some level of financial uh, literacy. To basically never work for it. If you get a million dollars, let's say you had a million dollars after taxes, mm-hmm. you should never have to work for anybody ever again in your life. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to fuck off the million dollars. I say one of the first things you do is you have to be very selfish at the mm-hmm. top of it. Not mm-hmm. being like not being a dick, but whatever debts you have that needs to go first. Mm-hmm. And then after that, now you need to look into hey, how could I, how can I invest lucratively in order for me to have some self. Self-sufficient income coming in, mm-hmm. you know. Is it real estate? Is it me buying some land in a certain spot? Like, mm-hmm. what? What can I do now? You know, like I have an idea. Like, as far as being an owner-op, that's something I just wouldn't want to be because that's kind of like I want to say slave work. That's not okay. um But mm-hmm. but I just don't like the responsibility of of trucking. It's not what I want to do long term. So mm-hmm. I would buy some trucks, but that would be to have employees mm-hmm. get me like two trucks, two good tankers, two good units. Um, have an idea of what I'm hauling. Get those trucks rolling, and then invest in real estate. So between mm-hmm. the two trucks and between maybe a house or two, those two things will, you know, be bringing me in. Oh man, we're talking easily just the trucks alone. That's probably what thirty, thirty to thirty to forty a month. Mm-hmm. You're making forty thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That's good money. Yeah, that is good money. That's really good. How money. much money would you need to
1: start like a like if you just got one truck, like a, just one truck running,
0: it varies. You know, it varies. Two employees maybe. Uh it it varies. Mm-hmm. I think it depends on what type of unit you're trying to get. If you want to get a Peterbilt a pretty good one, mm-hmm. like a really good one, mm-hmm. uh I say that that probably might cost you around mm-hmm. 78 to probably 78 probably 78,000 no. Not seventy eight. That's too cheap. But probably around a hundred. Mm-hmm. So we'll say one hundred and two. Probably a hundred and two thousand. Mm-hmm. Right for the unit for the truck, and then the trailer. A really good trailer. You probably get one for about sixty five thousand for if you're doing hazmat. Sixty five to like seventy thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You want a really fucking good tanker. Mm-hmm. So you do that. You put those together there. Mm-hmm. You're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I would do. Get me a. Get me a freaking Peterbilt. Those are really good trucks. Mm-hmm. It's running it up, huh? Yeah, and you got to make money too because uh, the thing about it is the insurance. You have to pay insurance on the trailer and the truck, mm-hmm. the, and the the truck insurance probably twelve to thirteen hundred a month mm-hmm. just on the truck. That's not including the trailer. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing, man. Like if your fucking job start drying up, you're still gonna be paying those bills. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, no thanks, Tom Hanks. Yeah, I'd rather have enough money to pay those units off, oh, oh, like off the top. I don't want any. I don't want any payments. Payments, literally, payments to me equal bondage. Mm-hmm. You're bonding me to this payment over and over again because I can't stop working because I have to make this payment. Yeah. But if I have the financial leverage to say, hey, I'm paying this unit off, I'm paying that off right there, all I got to worry about is insurance, mm-hmm. now my stress is all the way down. Yeah. You know, worst come to worst. Oh, I could just sell both of these units and just get my money back. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What, I was thinking about um, here in the office, like, um, getting a vending machine. I talked to the uh, to the manager. No so. shit. Yeah, she says she's gonna talk to the owner. So hopefully. where are you gonna put it downstairs? Um, yeah.
0: Like right when you walk in. Yeah. Let so. me know the details on that. <laughs> yeah. I want to get in on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you. know Because <laughs> <that. laughs> it's like too good of a place. Yeah. Right by that door. Yeah. I wasn't thirsty, but now I am.
1: Oh man. Yeah. And the the, the I mean, it's a restaurant down there, but that thing closes, um, you know, at three o'clock. Something like that, two o'clock sometimes. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you just want, like, if you hear later than that, any other time, you go down there and get a drink or a snack. I wonder or how
0: much a good a good unit might cost. What about thirty five hundred? Probably.
1: No, you could probably get. You could probably get. Um, they be having them like in Lamont and like Wasco. What, are you talking LA. about drinks, right? Yeah, either one. Like, there's some drinks or or the one that has like the little Debbie snacks and chips and stuff.
0: Nigga, we ain't gotta have no real drinks. Mm-hmm. All we gotta do is just we could it could say Pepsi, but we could just put Shasta, Shasta, Shasta. <laughs> nigga, Mister Pib, Doctor Fizz, yeah. We ain't got to have the real sodas, man.
1: Yeah, that's real. Yeah. yeah,
0: man. That that's the type of rich I would love to be. Is to have like a little soda vending machine empire all mm-hmm. over Bakersfield, and nobody knows how I make my money, and I'm not telling them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But imagine if imagine if you start popping up. You, you you pick you know you got one downstairs in, in the mm. office and then you got mm. you know you got like four of them on a college campus then you got a few over on a high school campus yeah and and your only job is every day getting that money out
1: mm-hmm.
0: every day you just clocking money this mm-hmm. machine this one got two fifty this machine got five hundred dollars this machine got two hundred dollars mm-hmm. this ma- and this is every day mm-hmm. nigga that's a lot of money yeah man yeah that's uh man you can't beat that i mm-hmm. I've seen this dude that he had like a little empire of of machines, yeah and yeah, it's you know, a so. it's
1: a black dude that I've seen uh, actually, my cousin sent it to me, which is like um part of the reason why I was like man i'm gonna just I just gotta ask like you know sometimes you'd yeah. be like scared to talk to people or like yeah. find out the information and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. sometimes like you know, and even when I was in there, like there was a maintenance guy in there, uh, when I was paying the rent, he was just like bro, like, I was thinking about that. And I was like, yeah, that's like, that's part of the reason, like, we got to just execute. You got to execute you know, it. If we don't do it, then somebody else is going to be out there.
0: Yeah, there's so many things you could do. And, you know, it's funny, every day, Keith, and this is you and me included, you know how much money we walk by every day? Oh, man. I'm talking man. about we walk by it because we don't have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then because we don't have the knowledge, we kind of formulate this idea in our minds like, Oh, I can't do that, yeah. nigga. What do you mean you can't? You don't even know what you're doing.
1: Yes, you can do it, man.
0: Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. And the, the crazy thing too is, there's so many different ways. Like, imagine a business that's closing. Let's say a Blockbuster's closing down, and you know well, they're already closed, but let's say they're closing down. They got two vending machines inside, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, "Hey, what are you guys doing with those vending machines?" They'd be like, "Oh, we'll probably just take them over here or whatever." Mm-hmm. What if you get like a deal? You say, "Hey, I could, can I pick it up for a thousand dollars?"
1: Yeah, you never know. Yeah, that's. I mean, that you know, I, that that was just the first spot I asked, but I definitely want to keep looking around and and seeing different spots here in town because mm-hmm. it's like it's pretty, you know, it's great passive income. One hundred percent. You just gotta pay for the maintenance and make sure your snacks is um, stocked up.
0: One hundred percent. Yeah, make sure they're stacked up, and also there's like I did a certain license. You see like a little uh, like a a sticky tab with like a little thing around it mm-hmm. that's like some type of a, a shield or something showing something i don't know mm-hmm. you probably gotta have a certain type of license mm-hmm. or something like that mm-hmm. but yeah there's certain parts that if it if it blows out this one dude was showing doing maintenance on it mm-hmm. i guess like the the machine part or the the cold part start fucking up he'll be showing yeah. how to fix it oh that's dope bro there's so much information tiktoks everything yeah you know um yeah
1: and i think one one of the things that i realized is like You know, I do certain things here, like the e-commerce and, like, work on music videos and stuff like that um, as a PA and and different things. But I, I haven't found in years, like, just a consistent, like, whether I... You know whether I sleep or wake up or money I'm here or there, whatever. Like it's just like something consistent, and that's something that I've really been
0: for. I need for. that bad myself. Yeah. Because here's the thing that people don't realize: if you're a working person, mm-hmm. and let's say you've you've got a little bit of money on you, maybe you got forty five hundred, you got eighty five hundred, whatever you got, right? Mm-hmm. And you go to work, and you, you know you you keep your mouth shut because you don't want to have no beef with your boss and you know it's just things going on you don't like it very well Mm -hmm. i think that you would be under a lot less stress of of work at work if you woke up and you got twenty five hundred dollars popped up in your account Mm -hmm. for no reason Mm -hmm. just because you got you got vending machines or you got a bakery you you it's all kind of ways you make money like Mm -hmm. if let's say you don't work at a donut shop but you sell a certain amount of dough and cake to this place and they Mm -hmm. pay you based off there's Mm -hmm. just so many ways to make money Mm -hmm. this dude told me he was making a ton of money um, selling tortillas Mm -hmm. he said literally his wife had a press and it was a restaurant buying tortillas directly from him and his wife and he was taking literal van loads full of tortillas to this restaurant making a killing making a killing and i'm like nigga what the fuck it was he said it was so many tortillas in the van that the truck was weighing the van was weighing down yeah it's out there man there's so much Mm -hmm. money out there every Mm -hmm. day being made Mm -hmm. you ever seen there was a there was a dude that used to deal in scrap he was a scrapper Mm -hmm. and he came to sears this is a long time ago Mm -hmm. and uh we helped him get some scrap off of the dock and uh we put it in his truck and Mm uh this this girl that worked there she was kinda like kind of strong looking her mm-hmm. name was Courtney mm-hmm. he's like all right man you have a good one and he's like wait a minute I want to give you guys some money man thank you so much and Courtney was like no I can't take it you're going I was like shit I can yeah but he gave me fifty bucks but when he gave me fifty bucks he had to sift through a bunch of hundreds, twenties and tens and it was swollen. Stack
1: you know what it, that you know that that's um that reminds me of uh I also was looking at doing like a, a recycling thing. Wow. Because the way I think about it, they just have a C train, right? Yes. Uh, and maybe like a truck that, that they put all that those bags in. Yes. But I was like, dog, if they giving us like, I don't know, like uh, if you take like two, three pounds in there, you may get like $8 or something, mm-hmm. something super cheap. If they giving us that type of money, they probably making a killing. And I don't know, like I don't know the, the numbers or the ins and outs of it, but I just know how, I mean, you know how yo, how you know what you get paid versus what the owner
0: of your company gets paid. There's a great disparity there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
1: so I could only imagine if I'm getting $8 for X amount of bottles and stuff, they getting paid like. X times three or
0: four? Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. and this is per customer. Mm-hmm. This is why I like the the concept of like the 99 cent store. Let's say you got 25 items for a dollar a piece, mm-hmm. right? And in in that 45 second to two minute interaction, the store has made more money than you in two minutes than you make in, a, in, in what? Almost a whole day or within, mm-hmm. within a few transactions, they're making more in those minutes than you make in a whole day's work. hmm that's the disparity. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fucking nuts, man, man. Yeah. We went on a full-fledged tangent. Yeah, go get your money, man. Yeah, get I'm your money around dude. Out here. Yeah, stop fooling around. Mm-hmm. Stop jacking off. Um No, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, I, I advocate for jerking. <laughs> get, your, get your jerk, jerk on. Jerk advocate. Get your jerk on. Get get your jerk on.
1: Hey, you know I've been seeing around town uh like a couple times and I've seen those full sin podcasts. Logos on cars, like, really, um, yeah, like those uh what are they called like not embroideries, but um like the emblems on on the back of trucks and stuff,
0: yeah, that's a full sim podcast,- mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I don't know why people are putting it on there, mm-hmm. I don't know why they probably just got it from maybe some merch mm mm-hmm. stickers, yeah. yeah, that podcast is those guys are they're kind of weird It's <laughs> <laughs> one, one of those bro it's one of those bro podcasts, it's just a bro podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, like, what's crazy is, like, when I first came out to L.A. and, like, I was fucking just drinking every day, man, getting coke and shit, and, like, it was crazy, man. He's like, I know, right? It's really crazy. I'm like, how the fuck do you have this many viewers? You know what? I don't God like. God bless you, but goddamn. Yeah,
1: I don't like, like, people are not authentic with a, trans, a transact not transaction, but transitions a lot of times. Yeah. I know a lot of people that have, like, Especially in the, the film music video industry, um, it's a lot of people that move from out of uh, out of state to LA, and then they just take off. You know, they start directing videos and producing videos and making thousands and thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. And a lot of times they they they, they, they don't show they they don't talk about the details of their their move. No. So and a lot of times for a person on the come up when the, when you hear these stories or when you listen to these stories. You are thinking that um, you can follow a certain pattern, but you're not getting all the details. Right. So a lot of times the, the, the most um, important part of like people's journey to L.A. and all these other places and when they get super successful is that they they uh, like I know I know a guy. He was like, yo, I'm, I'm from Virginia. I'm from Virginia and I moved here and I had some money saved up and I also got a loan to buy this camera. And then when I got here, you know, I started working pretty much immediately. I got on this, you know, I got on the show and I did this live show and all these things. And then next thing you know, I'm, uh, you know, doing like working on these huge uh, music videos with like Soulja Boy and all these different things. Yeah. But- a lot of times people would just be like, yeah, bro, I just moved here, and then, you know, we just started working, and then, and, and, you know, next thing you know. I hate that. It's like, dog, you didn't you didn't talk about
0: the part where What's you had process, good credit. the process, motherfucker?
1: Yeah, you had good credit. Your parents helped you out. Right. You know,
0: you, you saved up a bunch of money, and then you moved here. And you know. Normally what it is, they don't talk about their parents helping them out. Most people be like, I was self-made. I worked my ass off, and that's where I got. It's like, oh, so you're not going to talk about that $250,000 loan that your grandpa gave you, buddy. Yeah. And I'm not it's not I'm not I'm not trying to um dilute what you have done, but at the same time you left out that important detail, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know, just I remember Donald Trump said, uh, you know, my dad gave me a small loan of 000, a million dollars. I'm yeah.
1: I'm like,
0: "Nigga, what the fuck? How's that a small loan?" I don't this know. This is man, like it's crazy small. how we all live in America but we live completely different realities. Yeah, for sure. That's fucking nuts. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. He's like a smile of a million dollars. It'll be somebody be like, man, you know, it was tough, man. And I finally found a girl. It was just depressing, having those sums every night, man. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, what, mm-hmm. nigga? You had threesomes every night? Yeah. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> Poor That's guy. Funny.
1: Yeah. That nigga got Ooh-hoo. negative comb.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it up with this one. All right, for sure. Um, Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan. Recently. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm very interested to talk about this. Yeah, recently Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors had a video. Um, they were, not video, a, a little photo shoot. And they were face-to-face and he had his arm around Michael B. Jordan. And it was more or less taken from an artistic approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have people making it like an implication that they were... Uh, or implying, excuse me, that they were doing some like homoerotic type stuff, mm-hmm. and I couldn't disagree more. I think it's fucked up, and I think that this very fake masculinity that we got going around ain't real. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's masculine to put your face with another man's face, but I'm not saying it's not. I think that that showing love to the common man is a very masculine and awesome thing to do. Like, can we can we talk about how it's men killing themselves every other day? We got men every day that are killing themselves, and you worried about Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors taking a f- picture actually showing affection towards each other in a non-homosexual in a non, in a non uh, homosexual way? Mm-hmm. That's wild to me. It's wild to me how many men walk throughout this world with this very fake shit. L- let me explain something for you, because I don't want to go all over the place. But what's weird is how men will, let's say a woman cheats on them or they break up, they'll be like... Nigga, it is what it is. Next bitch, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. I ain't gonna lose no sleep over a hoe. Mm-hmm. Let me let me be very clear when I tell y'all this. Any man that does this is lying his fucking ass off. Mm-hmm. Either he didn't love her or he's putting up a fake for his friends. Yeah. Cause I done had girls hurt my feeling and nigga, I was crying. <laughs> it hurt yeah. me. I'm yeah. a human being and I cried. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm on a podcast telling you that I was hurt, I was depressed, and I cried. Because it hurt when she hurt my feelings, okay? Yeah. So if I'm man enough to say that out loud, think about how many men will call me gay. Oh, this nigga soft, man. You crying. Why are you crying? Mm-hmm. Bro, we're all going to die someday. Stop being fake, motherfucker. You know you got feelings. Can yeah. you stop playing? Mm-hmm. When you going to stop playing, homie? Because I'm going to tell you something. You being afraid to cry or act like you don't have emotions is the most cowardice thing you could do. Mm-hmm. One of the most manliest things you could do is understand I know some of the most manliest men in the world that'll snap your motherfucking neck. Mm-hmm. Okay? They might be crying right now, but the same person is a fucking black belt in jujitsu, jitsu mm-hmm. MMA fighters, boxers, firemen, police officers, all these very masculine dudes will cry and pray and be hurt and have emotion. But when you're Having emotion doesn't make you emotional,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And I reel it all back in. Whenever you see two men that are just literally doing something normal, like we can't even show affection towards another man without being called gay. Mm-hmm. You know how in the phone call with my homie for over Keith's brother, even Keith, it was just his birthday this past. I said, "Hey man, I text him, happy birthday, Keith, man, I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad to be a part of your life. Mm-hmm des desmond his older brother hey man good morning brother love you Mm -hmm. right that's how we need to start building friendships all this fake ass bullshit oh these niggas is gay man oh that's stupid you acting like a female shut the fuck up nigga you acting like a bitch because your punk ass don't got the ability to cry you don't got the ability and here's the worst part when you don't have any form of non-homosexual affection towards a man, Mm -hmm. right? You don't have any practice. So you inconvenience every woman you deal with because now all of a sudden when you get with a woman, now you're forced to face your lack of emotion, Mm -hmm. right? And women are like, what's going on? Why don't you have any emotion? Because his whole life, this motherfucker has suppressed everything inside of himself and now when he gets with a woman he loves, he doesn't even know how to operate because he is that cut off, Mm -hmm. That's crazy, bro. When you don't have no practice with nobody. Yeah. And it don't mean you got to be fucking another man. But it's like, hey, man, I love you, dog. Hey, be safe, man. Give me a call. Yeah. Just something that small. By the time you actually get a woman you care about, you got so many years of practice of having these useful relationships with just not just men, but people in general. But if you want to be a gangster your whole life, bro, come on yeah niggas be trying to be too hard yeah it's like chill out know, bro you're trying to be too motherfucking cool
1: yeah i think you know what you're saying is, is is spot on i know for me like i don't the the thing that i don't understand like people like regular average niggas be trying to have like high art conversation right shut up like people's making fun of jay-z for buying art like, nigga, this is an investment. <laughs> like, right,
0: what are you talking nigga, about?
1: You got Picasso's and freaking uh, Basquiat paintings in his house, and y'all making fun of him for buying art and talking about art and his music.
0: What you ain't got hair on your legs? Like, it's weird what stuff. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? I just think
1: that, um, you know, some conversations is above certain people's pay grade.
0: Exactly. And
1: when it comes to, um, you know, some of these uh, photographs and, uh, you know, uh, fashion shows and stuff like that, there's certain things that they do that are just, like, like high art. You know, when people mm-hmm. are walking down the aisles, are walking down the runways, and they may have, like, um, like, a shirt off, but they're wearing, like, a cape, and then mm-hmm. they're wearing, like, you know, like, these platform, like, you know, these boots that have, like, Two inch soles and like that's just like art stuff. It's yeah. not like you yeah. you're not wearing that like to to go to the club per right. se, but it's just like something that they throwing on for exactly like the, fat, like the fashion show. So a lot of times with these these magazines, like they're doing uh, like these interesting like eclectic uh poses there you go and they're just not meant to be on instagram it's not like you taking a selfie in that way but it's just the way that they're like expressing their artistic that's the word yeah e-
0: eclectic like yeah. you know the steve lacy's of the world yeah the, the prince of mm-hmm. the world people mm-hmm. like that who yeah have these eclectic type behaviors and you yeah. just and because it, that conversation or that the the, the diction mm-hmm. is above your like your i guess your aptitude or mm-hmm. whatever you don't know what it means. Yeah. So you're like, that nigga gay. Yeah. Like, and, and, <laughs> and if you've seen the
1: movie, you understand that, like, the role that they're playing. Jonathan Majors is like, is like, a, 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 like in the movie Adonis Creed, he's like his older brother, you right. know, like somebody that they grew up with and they, they confided in, you know, growing up in, in foster homes and stuff like that. So I think that, um, I, you know, I, I, don't know. I just, I just think like sometimes these, these conversations get exhausting because it's like, it's ignorant people having conversations about things that they know nothing about. And I think there was another um, picture or like some pictures that came out with uh, Jonathan Majors, where people were like saying he's like they're trying to make him look feminine, where he's like he has this like, it's like these feathers, like this pink feather, like, thro- like a, like a. Uh, I don't know, it's like a coat or I don't know what you would call, it, like a cape almost that, that that he has on. And he has like these boots that are like pants or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um people were saying the same those was the same conversation. They're trying to emasculate our men and it's stuff stupid. like that. I'm just like, dog, this is art. Like I'm trying to emasculate see, the black man. Exact when you see Jonathan Majors in any of the interviews, like this nigga got a beanie on and like a sweatshirt and some jeans. Like, yeah. he's not like it just I just don't understand when even like Childish Gambino, there was some stuff where he had like, like wings on and a diaper, and like it's just like some, this kind of like you said eclectic. I wouldn't even call it strange, but just eclectic stuff. But you know, like he's not walking around like that. Like mm-hmm. when you see him out and about, like he got jeans on and, and uh, like a t-shirt on or whatever. So I don't yeah. know. I just think that people, um, they just have this. They always like they're just so protective of like the black man and you know our masculinity and stuff like that. At the end of the day, like as a as whether the black man is viewed as like feminine or masculine, it doesn't move the needle in any sort of way. No. Whether the black man is masculine or feminine is not putting no money in me and Eddie's pocket. No. It's not raising our net worth. All it is is just a conversation that people are having on Twitter. That's just exhausting. And it's
0: a generalization, too. Yeah. It's like, this what they doing to our black men. It's like, nigga, what world do you live in? Get off the fucking internet, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. Get off the internet. Mm -hmm. That's the problem with people. I think I I just, when I see people having these conversations, they're based in internet. Everything on the internet is bigger than what it really is. Mm -hmm. What you learn is when you watch the shit that's going on the internet and then you actually go outside and live your life, it's not a problem Mm -hmm. because the real world takes place. The yeah. shit on the internet is just a world of people who view things based on their reality, yeah. no, based on their perception of reality. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you ever heard somebody say, "I don't care what nobody say, all women cheat and they want your money, or all men cheat and they and all they do is this." And I'm thinking, like, if that's your reality, that's because, like, who you are as a person is mm-hmm. attracting these things. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. You're attracting these things based off of your energy and who you are, mm-hmm. and you're projecting that out into the world. Mm-hmm. That's not the reality. That's mm-hmm. your reality. Mm-hmm. It's not mine, mm-hmm. right? So when you say two men in a photo just hugging each other is gay, mm-hmm. where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Did it come from you? Like, I don't even. It didn't come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a groupthink. Mm-hmm. All this is is groupthink. Like. And sometimes people, they just look at what everybody's saying. Oh, man, this ain't right. This something ain't right about this. This ain't right. Just like when we had that post about Rich Boy. A lot of that wasn't even independent thought because a lot of those people, if they actually listened to a Trucker's Mind podcast, they would understand that was a, a satirical undertone. Mm-hmm. That wasn't us like, oh, man, fuck Rich Boy. I hope he died. Like, no, we never said anything like that. Yeah. But but due to the fact that no one could think for themselves, you seen comment after comment of everybody saying the same thing. Yeah. It's our own people that hold us back. Look at this. It's our own
1: people. Yeah. You know, the sad part about that. If we was like, man, um, if we literally took a moment and be like, yo, Eddie, let's just stop right here. Let me just pray for Rich Boy right now. Like, dear Heavenly Father, please let Rich Boy get back healthy, blah, 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 blah. That wouldn't have went viral at all. No, not at all. Things would have just passed by that. No, no, mm-hmm. they would have just passed by it. Yeah.
0: But th- this proves that it, it, the perception of negativity mm-hmm. or the perception of something that is not liked or against the norm is what gets what it, energy. It gets what gets energy, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. it's really and it's really strange and we see it a little too much yeah i would just encourage any man whether black white whatever you are um just take it take a moment to understand sometimes when you see some things you can't comprehend them because it wasn't meant for you to comprehend mm-hmm. just stick to your basic life
1: that's yeah that's that's the best thing to do yeah just stick to your basic life yeah man just, even like 50 cent had uh <laughs> i don't know 50 cent i you know i I'm a fan of his and you know especially everything he's doing with all the uh the network TV and stuff like that. Definitely something to look to look up to as a filmmaker myself. Um, but one of the things he was saying about Jay-Z um was like he, he said something about his hair. He was like you, isn't it right? Like Jay-Z's like he uh he stole the hairstyle from the gay a gay, gay artist. Yeah, Gay and, Painter. Yeah, Gay Painter. And it was just like what like and it kind of goes back to that this narrative that, you know, that we're talking about now. It's like, what does his sexuality have to do with his hair? Like his yeah, people and
0: it, it's just a way to try to bring Jay-Z down a notch. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's it was really corny for 50 Cent to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Basquiat obviously was gay and he was a painter mm-hmm. and and for him he's looking at it from a literal sense, but he was trying to be subliminally disrespectful. Mm-hmm. That's all he was trying to do cuz mm-hmm. Basquiat had many different hair styles over the years. Mhm. And that one was more specific to Basquiat, his braids, mm-hmm. or, or dreads, his dreads, his dreads. Or locks even, or whatever, or locks or whatever they were. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like, you got to understand, Jay-Z is a guy that that's, that literally is in the business of art, buying paintings and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And he is cultured to where he's mm-hmm. looking past the sexuality of somebody. Mm-hmm. And he's he's influenced mm-hmm. um and probably he's influenced, and he's probably inspired by Basquiat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you're literally saying that oh, he looking up to a gay nigga. That's mm-hmm. a subliminal undertone. Mm-hmm. Like nigga, shut up. Yeah. Also, Jay Z's mom is gay, so like, yeah. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are we even talking about mm-hmm. right now?
1: Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing, man. I just think like we gotta, we gotta. Uh, Stop feeding into like these these narratives that start by like people on Twitter, like you know they're starting these trends and they're speaking for. I just don't like a few people on Twitter speaking for black people. No, as a stop collective. it. Yeah, like you don't speak for me. I have my own opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just like that that shit that happened with No Name, like mm-hmm. quite a while ago with J Cole. Mm-hmm. You notice that I haven't seen her anywhere. Yeah, and then and then what was corny to me that really made me like really like be off of chance the rapper is how he like doubled down on j cole and was mm-hmm. like like going at j cole and j cole didn't even say nothing exactly it's just, it's it just shows like you have a level of animosity that was brought out and you're doubling down on j cole because you really a fuck nigga like you you a good artist but the way he came in j cole i was like yo you got a problem with j cole you either jealous of him or something's wrong yeah, pandering won't help you sell no records. No, no, that didn't. Mm-mm. And I'm like, come on. I, I lost a lot of respect for him when he did that. Mm-hmm. And it's like the way that No Name came at him, she came at J. Cole as if he was supposed to be like some spokesperson for the black community. Yeah. And he's just an artist just yeah. expressing himself through art.
1: Yeah. I know for me, in my mind, I'd be like, yo, I wonder what, Kendrick thinks about this or I wonder what he's going to say on his next album. Mm-hmm. But I don't have an expectation. Thank like I'm you. a fan of him as a rapper. Thank J-, you. J. Cole is not like he's not Martin Luther King to me. Thank you. You know, and it's that's not, I don't look for, I don't look at him for like the civil rights you. Thank know, you.
0: quotables or whatever. Ridiculous. Yeah. If your perception of me, right? If your perception of me and what I'm doing doesn't match up with your expectations, you're the problem, not me. Yeah. If I never stated that I wanted to be, you know, if I I wanted to to spearhead a movement of the black people and this and that, Mm -hmm. I'm just putting out music, and you you put all this responsibility on me that I never asked for, that's your problem. Yeah. It's not mine. Yeah. We were having this,
1: uh, I was having this conversation about, um, like, why there aren't any, like, really popular civil rights leaders, like. Martin Luther King was able to fill up, like, the whole memorial with, you know, Mm -hmm. thousands of people standing out there, and he just giving a speech, you know, about having a dream. Um, And I don't want to make this, like, a a funny take, Mm -hmm. but it's just, like, we don't have that no more. And the reason we don't have that no more is because people like No Name that have, like, these Twitter fingers, Mm -hmm. you know, that there's a – because I was thinking about it. I was like, well, the reason Martin Luther King – the reason he was so successful is because it started out in the church, you know what I mean? It probably started out with a conversation with his wife or something like that, where he like, yo, babe, like, you know, it's, it's a lot going on in the country. I just have this, like, you know, I, this burning desire to just, you know, change our our country. And then, you know, he may go to church and preach on Sunday, and he's preaching to the congregation. He's like, yo, like, you know, what they're doing to us, you know, we need to stand up for ourselves. We need to change these laws. We need to go march. And it starts out in the you know the small church community and maybe like fifty people. And then maybe he gets a guest speaking at another church on the other side of town, and then he he talks to those fifty, sixty people in that church. And then he got like a hundred or so people gathered right now. And he's like, "Well, what we gonna do? We gonna march?" And then he started marching with that you know a hundred people, and then people just start to kind of join the wave. Like the energy is, and the conversations are starting to spread around. The thing with the the modern activists um is they're only on social media there's no like interaction there's no communication it's just like tweeting out stuff like the sean kings of the world they're just tweeting out information and making these blog posts and stuff like that and they're not actually talking to people or touching people and that's the reason like it looks so different now than it did back in the 60s when you know you had like actual civil rights leaders that was on the ground and and really doing, you know, doing real work. So, yeah, that's my take on it.
0: Yeah, I just looked up No Name's Instagram right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what she does. I think she writes books or something like that.
1: She's an artist. I think she's a rapper, but I think she's like an activist as well.
0: Yeah, well, this is what I don't like, and I'll say this. What I don't like is, and I'll, I'll make this as a statement is like as a black man I don't like somebody determining my blackness that's fucking annoying mm-hmm. did you write a book to tell other black people how they should be mm-hmm. are you an author of what guidelines it is to be black shut the fuck up mm-hmm. I get tired of that mm-hmm. get tired of it like even and it's some people that I respect that do it like I heard uh, Killer Mike says something like um, he was saying something about somebody and he's like you know, I, have, I said this. He said something. He's like, well, I, I married a black woman. A lot of my critics did not. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Does that make a person have less of an opinion because they don't have a black wife? Yeah. Like, I don't understand who created the blackness. It's just a bunch of people out in the world that have these super grand opinions of things. Mm-hmm. And they determine, because black people are not monolithic. Mm -hmm. that's the thing so if you want to push the narrative that you know we could be all these things then nigga don't put me in a box Mm -hmm. like that's crazy Mm -hmm. and these people be having the loudest voices Mm -hmm. and just putting out shit that's just like come on bro you that's ridiculous no it's facts yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. but nah man i don't got much left here man i think we could go ahead and wrap this thing up yeah before we
1: got i just um i had a surprise birthday party on uh, yesterday, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. So shout out to my mom and my sister and my girl. Like, they really, um, yeah, they definitely surprised me. I had no idea. Um, and Eddie was there. Shout out to Eddie for going um, for showing up and 100%. a bunch of my friends. And um, it was something that I, I never, I like, I literally, you know, my mom was saying it, but I literally never had, like, a birthday party. Like, even as, as a kid, you know, we always had, like, you know, gatherings where, you know, they may celebrate, you know, have some cake and just jumble all of us together. But like, I've never had my own birthday party. And that was something that um, I was like, man, you know, and and part of me, like, that was a big deal for me because I try to like, I tend to like shy away from the limelight, you know what I mean? So I never like had the, not that I didn't really have the desire, but I would tell myself that as a way of like, you know, shying away from the attention um so you know I said it that I wanted to do it and then what happened was like my girl said that we had a wedding to go to on the on the 4th and then I was like well I guess I can't throw my because bar- I was go- I was planning it myself and I was like well I guess I can't you know throw the party on that day which was kind of annoying but I was like well I'll just push it to the next weekend and we'll figure it out and then next weekend she put something in the calendar somebody else's birthday party and then I was like well I just pushed it to the next weekend, and I talked to my brother, and he was like, "Man, I'm not really trying to do nothing on that weekend because like I got to work or something." And I was like, "Ah, dang!" So I don't know if this party is ever going to happen. And then like, um, you know, we went, we got like clothes, or we rented like a tuxedo and stuff like that. And then um, basically, you know, the the whole day, like even the night before, um, I uh, my sister came over and she like made these like Jello shots, and she was making them at our house. And then I had to like help her with the music. And she was like, Yeah, my, my friend's birthday is uh tomorrow night. So like I'm, you know, I got jello I'm making jello shots for that. And then, you know, I'm putting together like a playlist for it. So I had to help her, you know, put together the playlist and I had to like sign in on my title and all this other stuff. But essentially I realized that I was actually helping her make the music for my own party. Um so it was like so many other things that was just like happening and that, that I didn't realize. And then on the actual day of, like you know, we go, we leave the house, me and my girl. And then um, the whole time I'm thinking I'm going to this freaking wedding, but we're running late. So I'm just kind of like like, and it, it still hasn't dawned on me that it's going to be a surprise birthday party. But um, we're running late to the thing. So I'm like, the wedding was supposed to start at like five thirty, but like we just gonna be at the freaking. You know reception or you know all these other things. Um, so we hop in a Uber, we get there, and then like you know I pull up and I, it it started to get kind of weird because I was like, well, we going to the address on the Uber driver thing says we going to a house. Yeah, and I'm like, well, it you know it's been weddings at houses, so 100%. that still wasn't like weird to me. You thought it was like a chapel type situation. Yeah, you know, especially it's in the Southwest. I really I'm not super familiar with all those things out mm-hmm. there, so we get out there we get in there and then I see my brother the first person I see is my my younger brother and it was just interesting to me cuz I was like oh dang like what are you like what are you doing like you know the people that are getting married to but it, that didn't that wasn't weird to me because I've seen my brother Especially not not as much anymore because I don't go out. But I would see him at places where I'd be like, "Oh, like what the heck? How you get here? Or, I did not know. You knew this person? Yeah, like yeah. we just be at the same same spots with mutual, normal mutual people. So you were oblivious to it.
0: Yeah, the whole time. I wonder how you felt when you seen people.
1: Yeah, there. yeah. Like even in, up until I got out, and then I seen like my aunts were the first ones to yell He's something, like, oh, and I was like, "Oh, this is like a go. freaking surprise party, so, Deidre." Yeah. And it was cool. Like they had the red carpet laid out and stuff like that. And it was like an Oscars theme. And, um, you know, it was just so dope. Like they orchestrated it all, like invited all of my friends and stuff like that. And, um, you know, a lot of them showed up and, you know, everybody, you know, dressed up and stuff like that. And it was, it was just cool. Yeah. It was just a, you know, it was, it was great. And then everybody gave speeches and, you know, I was like tearing up and stuff here and, you know, people, you know, give me my flowers and whatnot. But, um, Just overall, like, you know, it's just one of those things that that really makes you appreciate family. And I really wanted to do that because um, when we grew up, like, before we moved to Bakersfield, when we was in, like, Visalia and Tulare, like, that was, like, the biggest thing. Like, that's all we had was, like, little functions, you know, Mm -hmm. where, like, you know, my uncles was... Dancing and like we had the old VHS videotapes and stuff like that, and I just want something to feel like that, like that nostalgic feeling. Yeah, know? man,
0: it was a good time just being mm-hmm. around love. Let me say this too, though, mm-hmm. just outside of that, um, it, it was, it was, I, I would have not missed that for the world, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate I, it, man. Yeah, I, you know, um, when it came to this though, too, the fact that here we are over twenty years later, and you know. Desmond's family has like adopted me as one of their own Mm -hmm. and I don't even feel like I just feel like family I don't feel like a friend of the family Mm -hmm. you know um and I I made a statement and I said you know you know it's me and my sister but you know and I never had a little brother but if I did I wanted to be just like Keith Mm -hmm. right and somebody's like that is your brother (laughs) <laughs> like my mom or something like that. <laughs> no, somebody else. Uh, I think some other, somebody else said mm-hmm. that.
1: Yeah, yeah and Keith,
0: Keith is like a little brother to me, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I appreciate him. And uh, just outside of the podcast, we've mm-hmm. had a relationship way before the podcast even started. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Know? And that's the, the the beautiful thing about it. Like, you know, when you, when you, uh, you know... All those, like, oh, I'm theirs. You know what I mean? like And I, and I don't know what the conversations mm-hmm. were like because my girl and uh, my sister were the people, like, reaching out to people via social media and stuff like that. And, you know, my boy Blue came out and, um, you know, he gave his his spiel. And he was – and it was just – like, I haven't chopped it up with him in a long time. But one of the things that he was saying was, like, man, like – and when I sat down and talked to him, I was like, dog, we've been through so much. Like, the first time I drove from Cal- from Bakersfield to New Mexico State – we went together because he was going to Arkansas state and, you know, he was getting his master's out there. And, um, like when he graduated college at Northridge, like I didn't even have a card in, but I asked like one of our mutual friends, like, yo, like I'll pay for the gas. Like we just got to get there. And, um, just like stuff like that where we just kind of like mm-hmm. experience life and, you know, it's just great to see like, you know, all of us mature and turning, you know, 31 this year and, Crazy. Just, yeah, just being like still alive and yeah. still, you know, vibrant and stuff like that. So, That's you know, trip.
0: yeah, I'll be 38 in freaking, what, four days on Wednesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy, man.
1: Yeah. Crazy. So. But yeah, shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to everybody that came to the function. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we're going to do it bigger and better next year.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%, -hmm. man. We appreciate you. Mm -hmm. If you made it to the end of the podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kay Fings. And we're out of here. Hey, don't forget to go over to our YouTube and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that Cash app. Hit the Cash app. It's down there. Mm -hmm. If you feel we've earned a donation, head on over there and give us a donation. And don't forget to go to a truckersmind.com. Yeah, get that merch. Get that merch from there, man. Yeah. And we'll end it on that note. Thank you. Bye.